Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We have survived a revolution and made our way through a roadblock on the way to WrestleMania in the last couple of days since we recorded. Uh, we're going to dig into everything that's happened in the last, uh, I guess it's really kind of just been half a week since we recorded last time, but it's been a busy half a week. Uh, but before we do that, let's introduce the stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm I'm much more awake than I was the night of uh, revolution. I was doing good until, you know, like Wardlow and uh, Joe. And then, you know, I had to, I had to get myself together for the main event. <laughs> uh, Marco, what's up, man? How's life up in the Northeast? Uh, good, good. I mean, I, I did a two parter. I just, uh, you know, watched half of it, uh, the first night, like so live. And then the next night, Oh, not next morning, watch the rest of it. So I was, uh, fresh as a daisy watching that 60 minute Iron Man match. Well, you know what was so crazy is I felt like the pacing of the show was like going along, going along. I was like, oh, this feels really good, dude. And I mean, of course, I'm just I'm just a tired person. I wake up, at, you know, with the freaking sunrise. But yeah, I still felt like once that Iron Man match hit, it was just like, damn, dude, this is this is really going, dude. So, yeah. yeah. You mean that in a good way or a bad way? Kind of both. I mean, like it was it was awesome because it was just like nonstop action. But it was also like, damn, dude, it's getting freaking late. Yeah. You know, you're in for an hour. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Jordan, what's up, man? It's your first podcast as a uh, as a thirty eight year old. Yeah, it's uh, it, this week has been rough, man. I've been tired every day this week, so apparently <laughs> too aging, much drinking. Aging is not going well with me, but then again, I did drink for seven straight days, so maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe I need to cleanse yeah. my liver or something. I don't know. exactly. Yeah, do no, Sheena, I'm not cleanse. doing your coffee cleanse. Relax. Don't get too. And listen, upset. March has been March has been good to me. Okay. <laughs> That's I'll just the, say. That's the most you've perked up in weeks on this show is when I just said I might need to do a cleanse. You're like, hell yeah, I'll send you. Let's do it. Hey, listen. You'll be here in a few weeks. You'll be here man. in a few weeks, dude. I'll have I'll have everything lined up for you, dude. I'll, I'll the, get you uh, your own uh, I'll get you your own bucket and everything. That could be the first Patreon exclusive <laughs> content we've produced in the last year and a half. Yeah, everybody we could go live and uh Jordan's He's gonna his first, puke. His, yeah, he can his uh, first coffee enema. Yeah, or we you can use that to kick off the Foley fans page. Yeah, yeah you can do that. Yeah. yeah, you can't enter the house unless you do that so that's the uh that's the new rules <laughs> got a butt funnel of colon cleansing yeah right at right at the door so everyone can see oh great <laughs> looking forward uh, to that <laughs> it's gonna be good yeah. we, we, we ordered some new we ordered some new lights so uh we'll have all the this we'll oh, have so, the the ambiance will be on point is there a light tube it's like a with lights in a clear <laughs> tube is that what you got <laughs> no we 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 trashed our old stadium lights and so now we got some more for our ring set up oh, nice. uh so we, we, we got some more on the way great uh sheena tell them what's new on the farm um so not really a whole lot's new on the farm still still sowing some seeds and um i took all the little broody babies all the little chicks and i've been letting them get some outside time it's been beautiful here in tennessee so I've i been, mean we also survived like a freaking f5 tornado oh yeah i think Friday. i blacked that blacked that out of my freaking memory yeah so it was it was honestly like super scary so like it was high winds we and thought the greenhouse might be going airborne. i thought the greenhouse was gonna take flight dude i was like holy shit dude we're about we to did lose our- a panel luckily i happened to be looking out the window yeah as this greenhouse panel blew out and she was i was in the yard she was, was already in the yard with the chickens so i was just yelling at her to get it yeah i was i was re- i was rescuing a chicken and a greenhouse panel you know goes flying out of the uh out of the greenhouse so yeah Anyway, uh, it was. I stayed in the safety of the house the entire time. I was just banging on the window, telling Sheena, <laughs> "What a He's man!" Like, Sheena, 
What a manly yeah, it man. Was, it was like that time uh, in Virginia, Jordan, when the dog ran out in the road and I couldn't go get it because I had my indoor Crocs on. <laughs> hey, man, you gotta go get the dog. I got my indoor Crocs on. Like, you could just flip them off and run out there. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so uh, that happened. And, um, you know, thankfully, you know, there were, you know, thousands of people you know somebody I, down the street lost their roof yeah somebody down the street lost their roof but there was like you know Jeez. i mean i think it was like a hundred and or two hundred thousand people or something like that without um power here in the state of tennessee thankfully we just had some flickers didn't lose power um we've had more extreme weather in the nine months we've lived here than we had in you know six years in hawaii and three years in virginia pretty crazy dude yeah it, ice storms snow wicked freaking heat it's like yeah. the worst of all worlds. Here. Yeah, and they're like, you know, this is unprecedented weather, and we're like, oh crap! I'm glad we're here for this all this unprecedented yeah. weather. You I mean, know? I love, I do love living in Tennessee. It's like a, it's a pretty cool vibe, but the weather is a, it's like it's on my mind in a way that it's never been anywhere I've lived before. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we've we've literally had. They're like, oh yeah, a hurricanes coming through. We're like, we'll be fine. You know, we're on a Wahoo. It's, yeah, I don't sweat a hurricane, man. Yeah. I'm, not even, I'm not even flinching on a hurricane. Yeah, I mean, well, we were we were way inland in the island, so we we were kind of safe on the big island. I would have been like, you know. I would have been a little bit more worried because they yeah. usually take the brunt of all, all the hurricanes there in Hawaii. But yeah, this, this weather has been, been something else. So anyway, that's what's new on the farm. Uh, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you on social media. Find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. If you want to follow the farm life, it's at Penny Acre Farm. Uh, and then... That was Penny Acre Backyard Farm. Penny Acre Backyard Farm. You're right. Yeah. Absolutely. Way to, way to do the save there, Seth. Uh, Marco runs the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. Follow all of our Pod Foundation brethren and at Pod Foundation on Instagram. The links to all of our partners and everything that you need, Chick Foley, is at chickfoley.com, including the link to join our Facebook group. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. It's two two bucks a month, 20 bucks for a whole year. You won't regret it. Check it out. Um, anybody you got anything else they want to talk about before we dive into Revolution? Let's dive. Let's go. All right, let's do it. Revolution was Sunday night. Uh, you know, I think it was just the kickstart that AEW needed to really set it up for a, a badass, you know, finish to the spring and summer. Um, it's really fun show. And kind of the theme of the night was the, uh, you know, the younger talent kind of going over more established folks. Um, Sheen, what was, uh, before we dive in and go match by match, what were kind of some of your big takeaways from the show? Again, like I mentioned at the top of the show, it, the pacing was really good. I felt like there wasn't a lot of like lag time. It, they didn't have a hearty concert in the middle of the freaking um, show. There was not a lot of unnecessary BS. It was just nonstop action. Um, every match was top notch, dude. Like I would say, like I said, Wardlow and Joe was probably the low light, and it was still like a, I would give it a grade of like a B. You know, it was still a great match, but unfortunately, it had to follow that Mac Mox Hangman situation. So there wasn't a lot left for the audience to be super hyped about when it came to they needed a breather by the time Wardlow and Joe got out there. But yeah, I, I thought it was an excellent pay per view. Uh, starting off on the pre show, we had kind of your standard six man tag. Uh, but they only did one match. You know, normally the pre-show has almost been like a almost like an episode of Rampage. Marco, what, which per, uh, method do you prefer? Did you like just having the one match to kind of whet the appetite, or did you like when they used to give us the um, rapid fire three or four matches during that uh, that pre-show hour? Actually, uh, you know, them doing that one match. I think I actually like the one match. Um, kind of just gets you in there, um, like gets you get you get some mood set for uh, for the rest of the something. night. You don't want to kind of yeah, just enough, yeah. And I think they hear the cries of like, you know, the AEW pay-per-views are super long and all this stuff. So like, I think if you put like three matches on before the actual like, you know, main card, it's like, 
now you're kind of, you know, you're three matches in already. Now you have to see more. I think yeah. that one match, I think, is a good, like, you know, like you said, kind of like an appetizer. Um, and if it's a really good match like that was, um, you don't need two other matches to, you know, you know, back to back to to help out. So, yeah, no, I think I, I like the one match. I agree with Marco. Yeah, they've had because they've had some crazy pre-shows before, like that House of Black against Pac, Eric Rowan, and uh, Ray Phoenix. That was a pre-show match, and that was like damn near the best match on that Mm pay-per-view. I think the Minoru Suzuki and Eddie Kingston match was on Mm -hmm. the pre-show also, if memory serves. So, yeah, they had been using the pre-show as basically like an extension of the pay-per-view. Mark Briscoe shined again, teaming up with, uh, you know, Briscoe and the Bros. I think that could be a fun, uh, you know, trios team to go after uh, House of Black, but... Uh, we got Supercard of Honor coming up. It's still not really a clear path for him. He's walking around with you know one half of the tag team championship still. Jordan, what do you see Mark Briscoe doing at Supercard of Honor? I mean, as much as I'd like to say he's going to go after the title, I just I, I feel like we're too close to it at this point. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that's the, mm-hmm. the way they're going. I would guess we're going to have a mystery tag partner for him. I, I don't know who it could be, but I'm guessing it's going to be somebody from Mark and Jay's past and they'll defend the title successfully and everybody will go home happy that the Briscoes won the match. So I, I just, I, I don't see any way they can put Mark in the main event. Well, I mean, they could put him in the main event. It just won't be for the main title. I wonder who, yeah, I see. I'm not, I, I mean, as much as I love the Briscoes, I'm not super familiar with them, man. I saw some of the stuff they did with NWA and the stuff they did with GCW and their matches with, with FTR, but I don't really know like their ring of honor lineage, man. Is there anybody you could think of that, that might step into that role to take Jay's place. It's funny you said FTR because I could easily see one of those guys stepping in to take his place just because of the respect there. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. But, I mean, no, I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head that I could instantly see stepping in. But, yeah, one of the FTR members would be awesome. All right, opening match. We saw Ricky Starks going up against Chris Jericho. This had some uh, some controversy in the Foley Picks League. Jordan was bitching to me that – we called it interference when uh, when Sammy Guevara came out. Marco, you're kind of towards the bottom half of the standings, dude, so you don't necessarily got as much of a dog in the fight. What do you think? Did that? Would you have called that as counting as a interference from uh, Sammy. Sammy G? He didn't make it to the ring, so I don't technically call that interference. Like if he if he <laughs> got into the ring or did something, I would say it's interference, but. I mean, but wasn't I, the question posed as like which member of the Jericho Society or it was how know, many will interfere? See, I thought because the ref got distracted, allowing Jericho to get the bat. That's, yeah, that's it, still that's, an that interference. Dude. That's, yeah, that's is that, well, I mean, you got to think. Yeah, that's a distraction more than an interference. So that's like. I mean, I mean, now we're now we're you know nit- yeah we're talking hey, semantics hey, dude, I, because I mean literally like we've seen people like put music on the Titan Tron or like you know turn the lights off and that's considered like interference and distraction. So I mean, it's like. You know, tomato, tomato. I mean, two different words. I, I, I'm going with uh, he didn't. I mean, to anyone that's listening that did pick. I mean, I got the bonus I mean, point, so I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight tooth and nail that, it, that <laughs> yeah. he did, that he did interfere. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was fun match, though. Ricky Starks went over. Hopefully this is the end of this feud, man. I feel like I know it hasn't gone it on has that long, but it end. feels like it's drug on yeah. forever. I think it has to be the end. Yeah. Who do you... Uh, who do you guys see Jericho moving on to feuding with next? I don't know. I mean, the, he can really feud with anybody. I mean, he's still a, a huge star in wrestling. So I would like to see him continue to put the younger guys over, honestly. Like, yeah. yeah. Kind of like um, 
Taker did quite a bit of this at the end of his run. I just, I feel like that's what they need him for is to put people over at this point. I mean, Ricky Starks is completely over now. Like as if he wasn't before he's completely sold now. Yeah. He's a man. I wouldn't mind seeing them, uh, going after house of black. You know, they got multiple different combinations they could do. They could do Jericho and the, the two goofy dudes. They could do him with Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager. And I think they'd be, you know, it'd be fun seeing House of Black basically scare the shit out of those guys and fuck them up. It could be a good first feud for them with the, the trios championships. Yeah, I do want to point out that Ricky Starks came out with like the sorriest excuse for a rib wrap I've ever seen. Um, and then gets up on <laughs> gets up on the freaking ring post and does his little like stretching like da da da. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like. Wouldn't that hurt your ribs? Like, don't you need to be selling a little bit more, my friend? Like, DDP in 97 is the only person that ever made the rib tape work, man. Every wrestler's done since. Yeah, just even stupid. Rollins, dude. I'm like, I'm like, dude, get get rid of the rib tape, dude. There's no way <laughs> that this is helping you at all. Yeah, if anything, like in a kayfabe, you're just painting a target on your ribs for your opponent to go after it. Exactly. And if your ribs hurt, why would you want to like squeeze it together with tape, dude? You know? Yeah, like ankle tape, wrist tape, I get. I don't know what rib tape would do. <laughs> Cuts off your lungs, dude, you know? <laughs> it makes it where you can't breathe as, as deep. Uh, we had the the final burial match, which did you guys know this was going to be a casket match? Before I did the, not know uh, it was going to be a casket Before they talked about it on the pre-show? I mean, I, I knew it was going to be some sort of like buried alive Ish there was match. a lot of death talk. The, <laughs> yeah, no, it was the, the, you got to remember, it was the Tony Schiavone final barrier. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said on the pre-show. The final wow. barrier. <laughs> the final barrier. Yeah, he was, uh, yeah. Good old Tony. I uh, I thought this was pretty cool. It was a good match, man. I it's cheesy. Like if you would have told me before they were going to do it about the like smoke bombs going off and the the casket dropping, I would have said it's cheesy. But I actually thought it really helped kind of put an exclamation point on the end of the match because sometimes like the final like move of a casket match can be kind of anticlimactic, you know? True. Yeah. I will say Jungle Boy slammed the shit out of that lid and it went straight down. Like it wasn't like sometimes you see how it's like gimmicked and it'll shut. Then it's yeah. like, you know, it, it takes a few seconds for it to drop down. Like that shit like went straight to hell, dude. Like it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was on its way. So yeah, I thought the effect did, did its thing. How about the fact that Jungle Boy did a concerto and accidentally made contact with Christian's head with the chair? Like, yeah. Uh, dude, you, you whiffed that spot pretty bad, bud. <laughs> and this is a guy who already missed like seven years due to concussions. Yeah, <laughs> great spot. Yeah. I do have to applaud Christian's absolutely heelish uh, ring gear. the 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 sleeveless turtleneck was a look. <laughs> it was it was a moment, dude. I was like, wow, this is this is something. Yeah, so. I, I can already see it. I'm I'm hoping that this ends up being a, a ringside exclusive two pack. You know, Jungle Boy in the jeans, and then uh, Christian with the. Turn neck and, th- and throw us a casket. In I there. do want to. I want to point out too that this casket was not double deep, double wide. They definitely built that casket for Jungle Boy. It was like a tiny casket because Seth said something. He's like, "You think they're going to use the casket or something?" I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "That's a tiny casket." Well, I thought dude. Luchasaurus was going to be. Oh, like that's there. right. That's what you said. Yeah, you I said is Luchasaurus if, in there. I was like, "There's no way that casket's tiny." If they wanted a little bit more Gaga in there because we haven't seen Luchasaurus since that cage match, right? Yeah. The Jungle Boy beat him. I thought that would have been like. Just if you really want to put Jungle Boy over the top, he opens the casket the first time and Luchasaurus pops out. and He's got to fight him off, too, and still somehow wins. But, you know, what do I know? <laughs> yeah. uh, do you guys think that this feud served its purpose? Has Jungle Boy moved up a level in your eyes after this feud? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, like I said before, I've given Christian a lot of crap on this show um, in the past, but I do feel like he did his job by elevating Jungle Boy. 
it took a while. It took a long time, but he, the he did make it been happen. One almost two years, man, from the time they kind of paired up till now. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely you can't say they haven't done long form booking. What what about you, Jordan? You think uh, Jungle Boy's moved up a category after this? Yeah, man. Uh, Christian has been pretty damn good since he came back. Honestly, I mean, he's been it, hilarious on the mic, dude. Yeah, dude, and his matches haven't been bad either. I mean, he's the only guy that's pinned Kenny. He was one of the only guys that pinned Kenny clean in AEW in a match. So. I don't know, dude. I, I just I think Christian's been really good since he came back, and um, yeah, Tony had said the other night. Tony Barker said the other night that he thinks Christian's return has been better than Edge's. Yeah, I would say so for sure, man. Edge is like, wow. I mean, I don't mind seeing Edge. I've never That's been a, a huge take. Edge fan. You know, I always put a ton of stock in what the the guys in the biz say, and I know Randy Orton's come out and said Christian's one of his favorite guys to work that he ever worked with. Uh, Bruce Pritchard talked about how Christian was just a total package, like. I think the dude's just a pro, man. Like he's not like the at the tippy top as far as talent and star power goes, but for what he does, um, he just delivers every single time. Yeah, dude, he's he's not going to blow you away with anything, but yeah, I mean, the guy shows up, he wrestles, and outside of this last, I mean, other than his neck, but outside of this last couple of months where he got hurt, I mean, generally he stays pretty healthy too. He's reliable. We need to see him just kind of mosey on back to WWE and him and Edge. You know, they could have one last one-on-one match at SummerSlam. Both of them just right off in the sunset. I think that'd be a pretty appropriate ending for that'd both of cool. them. Yeah. All right. Up next, we have a match that, you know, we talked about it last week, how we were all just streaking Jack to the gills for this one. And I would almost say it somehow exceeded expectations. Mm-hmm. It definitely delivered on him, possibly exceeded, depending on your mileage on this one. I thought the trios match was absolutely amazing. What were, what were your thoughts, Shane? I mean, we literally got a "this is awesome" chant like within, I think, the first like two three minutes of the of the match. So uh, yeah, I, I would say that speaks pretty highly. Who who stood out the most to you in this one, Marco? Man, um, probably Buddy. I'm gonna say he did it. He did. Yeah, he, Buddy's awesome. Buddy was great at the beginning. Him and uh, you know Omega. Having that, having that, uh, like chain wrestling at the beginning of the match was really awesome. Um, you know, I'd like to say Malachi, but I, f- I feel like we, you know, the 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 moment that he had with uh, Kenny Omega was pretty uh, sweet too. Uh, towards yeah, the end, they really, like awesome. had the like they were alone in the ring, um, already beat up and battered and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm gonna give it to Buddy, dude. He he he's a I do obviously he's always he's he's top notch obviously in the ring, but I think this match really showed like. How the hell? How like athletic he was, and they were even on commentary talking about like how like how jacked that dude. He's like a middle linebacker size, and he can like he he can move like the young bucks if he wanted to, which is which is pretty insane. But yeah, I'm gonna give it to to Buddy. And their their entrance was epic. Yeah, uh, Julia Hart added yeah. a lot to it. She had a great look. Like she's really mm-hmm. complimented what they're doing. I mean, add, add a woman in. That's all you need, you know. I thought Brody King was excellent, man. I thought Brody King. I thought he looked like he could be a potential world champ. Yeah. Yeah. Match. Yeah, dude. He, that That's who I was going to say too. I thought he absolutely killed it. That dude moves so damn fast for how big he is. He's 350 pounds and you cannot tell the way he moves in the ring. Um, I, no. I thought all of house of black looked awesome from the, the attire that they had on the face paint. I mean, dude, they looked like a million dollars. They looked like they were ready to win gold. So uh, like we all said, we, we were all hoping this would happen because, I mean, we all love the elite. There's no doubt about it, but sure. House of Black needed to have a moment like this to kind of just establish themselves because I mean, we've talked about it. The booking for them has not been great, but 
dude, you can heat those three guys up anytime. So if they lost again, it was a wrap, dude. Like yeah, they were gonna it was just gonna, go mm-hmm. their separate ways and do different things. But yeah, yeah they it, it freaking rocks, man. Robert JBO always used to have that tagline. He would say, um, in any Bray Wyatt match from like 2014 and 2015, where he said it was the Ferrari engine inside the tank. <laughs> I think it actually applies to Brody King, man. Yeah. Like that's exactly yeah. what that dude is. Like just a beast. And and especially in AEW where there's not a ton of like really big guys like that. He stands out even more. So I was just really impressed by his, uh, his performance and, and Malachi, dude, those kicks, he was laying that shit in, man. Like I know dude, I, the, the bucks and King, they had to have some fucking loose teeth after that match. <laughs> and yeah. dude, it, it wasn't like Brody was working against guys that are the exact same size as his, him. I mean, the bucks and Kenny are just like smaller, quicker guys. Like they're not, they're not like the plotting style that um, Brody technically is. So, yeah, dude, it, I loved this match. I loved everything about this match. Where do you guys see the elite going from here? Mm. FTR I mean, and CM Punk. Yeah. You think so? Wow. I mean, it won't surprise me to be completely honest. Yeah. It's looking more. The longer time goes by without Punk being like actively released, I think he's. I think he's definitely coming back. I hope you're wrong about that. I mean, it's too much money to be made, and it'd be it would instantly be the hottest storyline in wrestling. Yeah, oh, and it's not even. Yeah, I mean, it's not even close either. It'd easily be the best storyline. Yeah, hottest, whatever you want to say. Yeah, hottest is yeah, best is a stretch, but yeah, hottest is is for sure. I mean, if TK's really made changes since then, I don't think Punk would be as much of an issue. He's got to be at least a little bit humbled since then, or if he's not actually humbled, he's got to at least pretend like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I just have I mean, a he, feeling his, his that ego is the size of a freaking, you know, house. I just can't imagine. I think they could put it aside for one big pay-per-view match. I think that's why they took the belts off the elite. I, I, yeah. I really think that because there, there's no reason for the belts to be in that storyline. If, if yeah. that does happen. Yeah, definitely. That's a but main you guys, event. So you guys are saying that they're going to stay together as like the trios, dude. They're not going to. Well, they're definitely not going to break up. I mean, they I don't think they're going to break up, but I think trios like, belts. Like Kenny might go back and do solo stuff, and then the Bucks might go back and do tag team stuff. Yeah, I mean, with all the being the elite stuff, I, I would find it really hard to believe that they would break those guys up. I'm not saying they'll break them up, but I'm just saying like you think they're still going to be in like the trios picture. Like you think that's where they're going to. No, stay. they've been enough because we saw them. Yeah, they they've been doing that for almost a year now. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the uh, women's match. Jordan, you're the women's wrestling expert. Uh, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about this one, man. What do you think of the women's triple threat match? I mean, it wasn't fantastic or anything, but I, I, I thought it was, it wasn't offensive by any means. The ending was a bit of a cluster, but um, I, I think they got the winner, right? I, I don't think it was time to take the belt off her. I still think either Jade or when they eventually pull the trigger on Brit and hate her is the time to take the belt off her. But, um, I, I didn't hate it. The Ruby Soho thing at the end of the match. I, does anybody here like enjoy Ruby Soho? Cause I just, I don't get it. She's fine. I just, I, I just mean, don't get it. Yeah. No. I don't know. There's I don't worse, get it. Yeah, better. yeah. It's yeah. I don't want to talk crap about her because I do like her, but I just yeah. She doesn't. She doesn't have it. You know. I mean, when you've got Jade and then you've got Ruby, it's just you put them side by side. It just doesn't doesn't work. I still you know? want to know where is Jade, man. Like how is Jade how is Jade not, not on this, this car, picture? dude? Yeah, mm-hmm. just they're like definitely she, saving her. Just like she uh, tweeted. What, I mean, she keeps on she keeps on putting these like tweets out saying like. You know, kind of like you know, they're 
kind of like fumbling essentially with her. They're not really there's nothing for her. Now they you hear that term like, oh, there's just nothing for you right now. We'll uh, we'll come back to you. It's seems like it's that's what it is. That well, they, just, I mean, they've really. I mean, they like you said they they've booked themselves into a corner because they they booked her so strongly um, that there's nobody on that roster that is that is believable yeah. that could take her down. Like there's nobody. She'll beat anyone. And I don't even know, I don't even know who they could bring in that's not signed to WWE. Well the cool thing that is would, that her push isn't over yet though. She's still on the rise, man. Like we still gotta see her go get the big women's championships. So I don't think that's necessarily a problem right now that there's nobody But she's undefeated, her. right? Yeah. That, yeah. So I mean like somebody's gotta somebody's gotta break that streak. And I mean that's a pretty big mm-hmm. deal all in itself. She gets the championship though. They're, yeah, she they're gonna do the Goldberg thing with her. She's gotta win the women's championship. Oh, uh, or she just like has both and yeah, then. we so that's why I think it's. I don't think it's you're right. Eventually, that's going to be something they got to deal with. But I think by the time she wins that championship, I think the crowd's going to be fully behind her and you can just have some heels cheat. You know what I mean? I mean, Goldberg took a, a cattle prod. You don't think the cat, the, the cows, you said cattle prod. Um, you don't think the crowd is fully behind Jade right now? You don't think like no, she's like a tweener right now. I think the. I, I think the responses have gotten better over the months, but I think mm-hmm. I don't think she's like a straight up baby face. And I mean, dude, you, you arguably have your two biggest pay per views coming up, like with Double or Nothing and All Out. Um, I just I, I feel like that's when they're going to pull the trigger on her winning the big belt because I mean it, they definitely want it to be in front of a huge crowd and um, yeah, have it that. have it be a big moment and stuff. And yeah, she's definitely got to win both belts. But she needs to drop that TBS title immediately. She's already too big for that belt. Like, yeah. I mean, it just it just feels like the low, way lower women's belt. I mean, it's supposed to be, but it just feels so much lower than the the main women's belt to me. So, I mean, I would argue that she she makes it feel more important than the women's title. Like, as far as like you know, just pound for pound, I feel like there's. Like her her storyline is more interesting than any female yeah. storyline that we've had in the main event for the for the uh, world championship. Yeah, but the problem is, yeah. is they're not not having her wrestle the the top women, and I think that's why I feel like that. That's true held too. Back. Yeah, like she hasn't wrestled any of like the top five girls yet in AEW. Yeah, that's and who's yeah, that, who's the best person she's wrestled? What like Nyla Rose? Is that probably the top or competition she's had in kayfabe? I mean, Ty Conti wrestled her right after she got her title shot against Britt, so I guess you could go with that one too. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I just, I just don't think they know what to like how to book her. Pretty much, it's because it, has well, she even she hasn't even crossed paths with anybody. Like nobody in like the women's championship scene, right? Like, she which crossed. is weird. Like, why would they do that? Like, they even, like, I think they're protecting her. She's still super green. I mean, yeah, like, whatever her yeah. record is, what is she now? Like thirty nine and zero. She's had thirty nine wrestling matches. Um, I think I think that's a way of protecting her and just keeping some of the mystique. Like, if they're doing this on purpose, I I get it because you got a lot of money matches. You could see her going up against the the big stars there. Um, but yeah, like we've never even seen her like you know just do the do the thing they do sometimes where they give you a little tease where somebody just kind of bumps shoulders backstage and yeah. has a little stare down. That's and they yeah. Yeah. Ways. Like, yeah, exactly. Seems, they, At least plant some seeds. They definitely know? got Jade in a bubble right now, but I think she's going to rise to the occasion once they start putting her in some of these, uh, these bigger matches. But that, like Sheena said at the beginning, that is the problem with her though, is it's not believable that anybody can beat her. So once you move her, to the top five women, like you got to be ready to pull the trigger. You got to be ready, yeah. Because you yeah. can't wait at that point. Once she starts beating, like, I mean, Britt has got to be one of her first big matches. Like, once she beats her, like, they better be ready to pull the trigger on her winning the big belt. 
Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. Like I said, she I think she's the best thing they got going in AEW right now, and it's gonna be a fun summer if if that really is the plan. We see her finally go to the top. All right, this next match has been very polarizing online. The, the it's a couple of different sites that I really trust for reading their pay per view reviews to kind of get their insight and stuff and see how my thoughts lined up on, on some of the other hardcore fans and the Texas death match. I've heard some people say it was just too much and it was a spot fest and gore for gore's sake. Um, and other people have said it was, you know, you know, beautiful poetic violence. What, what, what were you guys thoughts on, on this one? Where do you guys coming down on, on the Texas death match? I mean, okay, I'll jump in. Oh, go I was just, I was just going to say, um, I feel like everything was, I was not offended by it. Obviously I, I love, you said front row to GCW show within the last year. Or so <laughs> yeah, man. the one thing I will say that I was just like, okay, this is a little much. Like, why are we doing this? Was the fork spot? I I thought that was just a little bit. I was waiting like, for a get forked up chant. <laughs> get forked up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I felt like that was a little uh, gratuitous. But other than that, like you know, the barbed wire and all that kind of stuff, like I, I didn't find any of that to be like overdone. I mean, it's a Texas death match. I mean, what do we expect? And Mox was involved, so. I don't know what we we expected to happen, but yeah, the, the forking of uh, Hangman's head was just uh, was a little bit was a little bit much for sounds, me. Sounds like the name of like a Renaissance painting, the forking of the Hangman. Where'd you guys come down? On? I felt like everything in it was fine, just because. I mean, dude, this was sold as a hateful match. Like these two guys don't like each other, um, so I, I was fine with it being a violent blow off match. Like, and Hangman really did need this win a lot and i i think it bumped him up a lot got new music um got new gear i i don't know man i i feel like hangman after this match is back on the rise and where he should be i i loved it dude i love the brick spots and everything and i love that he basically had to hang mocks to get him to quit so yeah i was good with it i thought it was good i loved hearing uh the crowd sing seth rollins music after he curb stomped him on the bricks mm-hmm. yeah uh, that was a good spot. Let me see. What, what, what was the uh, what was the consensus online that you seen? I didn't read any like reaction. It was like I said, it was back and forth. I heard some people loved it. Some people said it was just you know violence for violence sake. Like basically, you know, as Jim Cornette would say, backyard mud show. <laughs> I, I liked it, man. I, I I thought the feud had earned it. I don't like so like the GCW matches. Like some of those matches we saw at that show where it's just a random tag match and you mm-hmm. got people you know getting slammed through eight light tubes. I don't think it's earned, man. I think you got to earn it. Um, to have a match with this kind of just brutality. And I think these guys did it with the story they told on the way up. And yeah. I, I, you know, it was all good stuff, man. I thought it was, I thought there were some cool moves and some good work in between the, the violent stuff. I, I got no beef with it, man. And some interesting yeah. spots. I mean, the hand in between the bricks, that was, that was something I was like, yeah. wow, that would hurt like hell. <laughs> I think the bricks was just a new foreign object. Yeah, man. the bricks. The bricks. He definitely used the bricks to the. He he gave them. You I know. was just thinking like Home Alone when Kevin McAllister was chunking him Harry and Mark from the yes. top. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Uh, Suck brick. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I could see both sides of it of the uh, of the argument. I mean, if he, I mean, if you can't see both sides, I mean, I don't. I mean, you had, you had to look at it objectively too, as well. It's like. Yes, the violence was a little crazy with the with the you know fork stabbing him in the head and all that stuff. Because where does a fork come into play in a Texas death match? But then again, what comes into play anyway on these types of matches? They like, they like to eat in Texas, um, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is true. But um, apart, yeah, pork. yeah. I think it's more or less. I think it's more of like with with John Moxley. It seems like every single match that he has, he has a he must bleed. He's taking the mantle of the uh, 
Yeah, I think his last save is Rhodes now almost. That's the only way. I feel like that's the only way he can get he can get fired up is the taste of his own blood. I think he's he's going past Cody. I think he's in like the the late era Ric Flair Mick Foley yeah, territory where like they're bleeding during a promo and he's, shit. Yeah, yeah. he's get it. he swapped one addiction for another. Now he's addicted to bleeding. Yeah, well, it's like, kind of dark now, dude. Because yeah. you actually might be onto something there. I mean, that's what. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah. I mean. I mean it's true. The blood didn't start until he got back from rehab. So that's yeah, true. Yeah. You might be get a, a find your thrills and some. It's other a very places. common. I mean, it's a common theme that happens. Dude. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that that's what's happening here, but some people true. like to just you know they like to live with one foot in the flame, man. So yeah, you drop yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, you drop one addiction, pick up another, which usually exactly. happens. But I mean, that's it's a possibility. But yeah, I see both sides. I mean, it, it did get a little crazy, but like I, I agree with you guys. Just just the last blow off match, and it, it definitely you know. That that's a, that's how you go out. That's how you end it. Essentially, they yeah, should, I mean, I if they so do too. it again now, you're like, okay, now it's it's getting a little crazy. But hopefully, they don't do another match like this. They don't need to. If anyway. the wrestling gods are still alive, they need to give Mox his vacation finally. Like, yes, I, I don't oh, think yeah, we need dude, to see Mox rest, for man. like three or four months, dude. Like, yeah, let's let him go on paternity I, leave. Let, let, let yeah. Mox let Mox leave till like after double or nothing, man, and then he can come back with something hot for the summer. I yeah. agree. Uh, the next match, I think it had the right result, but it seemed like it fell a little flat, man. Wardlow and Samoa Joe. I think Wardlow's one of those guys, man, like almost kind of similar to Jade. I feel like I, I love Wardlow. I'm a big fan of this guy. I got a lot of stock, a lot of Wardlow stock, but I think he shines best when he's just booked as a monster. Like I think this should have yeah. been a little bit more dominating. Now, obviously, it's good, right, to see him be a little bit more seasoned in the ring and be able to hang with Samoa Joe, who's one of the greatest technicians of all time. Um, but I think they could have put a little bit more gas on him by having him just come out and, and kick some ass, man. What did you guys think of this match? Well, like I said before, I think the the crowd was definitely fatigued from the aforementioned uh, Texas death match. But yeah, I, I felt like, I don't know. I mean, like you said, it just felt like Wardlow wasn't as um, dominating as we've seen him. And he definitely didn't have, he definitely doesn't have the, the, um, the heat that he had in 2022 when he was getting fired up and everybody was like, you know, on the ward low bandwagon. I feel like that's cooled off quite a bit. Jordan Marco. Um, you guys obviously know I'm a huge Samoa Joe fan. I hated this match. Like I, <laughs> I, I didn't just dislike it. I hated this match. I hated the ending more than anything. I, I just, I hate when matches end with using the other guy's move. It's just, I, I don't like it. So it was weird seeing Wardlow do a submission. I thought I yeah. thought that was a little awkward. I thought he needed to hit the power bombs first. Man. Yeah, we need to see him power bomb. I think we needed like you know do the symphony hit maybe like three power bombs and then let Joe get back up and put him in the the coquina clutch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, it was just it was clunky and yeah, like you guys said, Wardlow just did. I don't know, man. He did not look like the Wardlow we all saw at the end of last year. So. I don't know. The ponytail added a lot, man. I, he, he had like, you know, the Brock thing going yeah. before, dude. Now he's just like regular short haired white dude. Yeah. I, uh, the T and the TNT championship, man, like what a fall from grace it's had. That used to be like arguably the best title in AEW yeah, as far it. as like action pack matches go. And it yeah. seems like ever since they've had that weird back and forth with Sammy Guevara Sammy, and Cody, yeah, it's, it's like that belt just never recovered from that. That's what I was going to say, yeah. So hopefully Wardlow gets a long run. Maybe we get some open championships going. and Because uh, he's fighting Hobbs this Wednesday night. That would be a great way to start it up. These guys just have a banger. Yeah. You guys think it's any chance Hobbs takes this belt? I don't know. Hobbs got a bigger reaction than either of the two guys, the yeah, other guys. So They need to get Hobbs completely over, so I would not be surprised if he wins tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hobbs is awesome. Uh, the the last spot, you know, the popcorn match before the main event, we had the Fatal Four Tag Team. This one was really, really good, man. It Just a fun. good, fun match. Nice palate cleanser to get you ready for this big 60-minute uh, finale, man. What did you guys think of the guns keeping the belts? Uh, I predicted it on the show, but I didn't predict it on the <laughs> on the thing yeah. on the uh, the actual predictions. But yeah, I figured they're gonna keep it. I, I was hoping that Jared and uh, Lethal would take it just to like piss people off, but they didn't. They obviously they didn't go that route. But I mean, I can see it's it's gonna be kind of weird, you know, FTR being back and you know them feuding with the guns. That's gonna be kind of a strange. Uh, I don't know. It just it just seems like it's just it, like, it'd just be a good way to bring them back. I think you know it's just yeah. a good way for them to get in, get you know, get some ass kicking going on. They and, did have the uh, awkward moment of the accidental busted open. Ooh, they're yeah. like trying to celebrate their <laughs> yeah. return, and Dax is funny. like, "It's like, bro, your eye is spurting blood right now." Dude. <laughs> it's like it yeah. was like the uh, the Roddy Piper and Hogan. You bleed, Hogan. You bleed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what wasn't awkward though is that FTR came out in some. Amazing, incredible looking t shirts yeah, that were designed by the Pod Foundation's own Nick Camia. You guys know him at Extra Cooler on Instagram. Is it Nick uh, Camia? Yeah. I always, yeah. Thought, I always thought it was Nick Camia. So did I. Maybe it's Nick, if you're listening. <laughs> Nick, can extra you give cooler. us the- I think it's Camia. <laughs> I think you're putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable there. Either way, though, <laughs> I never really thought about it. Camia. I think it's Camia. <laughs> it just feels right. Um, man, I've, all these years, I've known Nick since like 2016. And I've, it never even crossed my mind to say it was Camia. I always thought it was Camia. So did I. What, you th- he and sounds you, too fancy. So Sheena, Sheena and Marco are on Camia. Me and Jordan are on Camia. Pod Warriors stick together. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna get the, we're gonna get to the bottom of this and we'll we'll keep you guys posted. Actually, but anyway, Camia. Um, anyway, <laughs> extra cooler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Extra Cooler designed FTR's t-shirts that they wore so cool, on TV. Dude. They actually reached out to him to commission these shirts to be done. So it was really cool. I can't imagine as an artist like how cool that is for your work to be shown on like TV on like a such a huge event. I mean, he did have he's had um, you know, Matt Cardona wore his uh, you know, his indie guy gear. Yeah. yeah. Gear. Um at GCW. He's which had was, it's just another cool moment for him, man. Another another uh, another stone in the crowd. Yeah, just true. But being on being on TV, that's pretty epic. Yeah, it's pretty that's a, that's that's a moment. Yeah, so a we moment. wanna say congrats. It's a moment. Yeah, <laughs> when I, yeah we wanna funny. say congrats to uh to um Nick and uh, extra cooler on that, all his success. So. That's funny, it's cause I'm gonna I asked him when he was on the on open mic. Uh, what what it's at what it's like to actually have talent <laughs> besides the rest of us and he uh, yeah. he's like oh no no everyone everyone's talented I'm like come on dude uh, but no, I, <laughs> I ask again if he's if he's listening hopefully he is what's it like to have talent and have it be actually seen and appreciated and stuff like that it's, it's pretty awesome uh, that you know that I think that's probably one of the things he was talking about on the on open mic because he did hint to some things that he couldn't actually talk about or because he said oh I got some things coming down I can't say it. Right now, so I wonder if they'll like. He's always got some. You know, he's always got some irons in the fire that are that are pretty cool. So, yeah, so I wonder if yeah. those. Uh, yeah, the Matt Cardona thing and the the FDR thing was like you know coming down the pike at that time. So yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, we've been we've been with Extra Cooler since literally day one. Like he he reached out to me about some like drawing, you know, modern superstars and You're Hasbro form back of, in two thousand sixteen. Yeah, I'll right have to now. find. I have some original artwork from or wrestling artwork from uh, from Nick, so I'll have to post it on the on the feed for you guys. But uh, yeah, super cool. And um, crazy just, thing about Nick is how many different like styles, styles of art yeah, because yeah. most of I mean we have a lot of wrestle art. Most of the 
most of the artists all kind of have like you can a like see it style. and you're like okay yeah that's Hal Haney or that's Sam Evans from seeing it like Nick like he does super realistic stuff he does like cartoony doodle style yeah stuff, a lot like, of graphic design like logo design and stuff yeah, yeah. it's I, the man I have a ton of his art in my basement too I think I have like eight pictures from him and I actually got the one that he did of the Wyatt family signed by Bray so oh that's, that's cool sick, dude. yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, he's done. I mean, he's done uh, uh, almost all except for one. I think uh, he's done every Chick Foley logo that we've had. So yeah, you know, if you see a if you see a Chick Foley show logo, um, that it's, it's extra cooler art. Yeah. All right, let's go to the main event. Sixty five minutes. Brian Danielson versus MJF. I uh, I was I was thoroughly entertained. It exceeded my expectations for sure, man. Like you know, make no secret about it. I'm not the biggest MJF fan. I think. You're I think not the, the biggest dude, Daniel Bryan fan either. I'm not, yeah, uh, I will say this, dude. If I could, if I could get on my soapbox for a minute, that's the last time. That was one of the first times ever, and it's definitely the last time I put my faith in in Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, American Dragon, whatever you call him. He always fucking lets us down, man. We gave him the biggest push ever at WrestleMania 30. He beats all of Evolution in one night. A month later, <laughs> he's got to forfeit the belt because he's got a fucking bad neck. Next year, we <laughs> fucking run it back, let him win his fucking badass ladder match over all these other promising talents at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship. Fucking gets a concussion, has to uh, drop it. <laughs> Comes back in 2018, WrestleMania 34, with all this fanfare just to lay a freaking, you know, wet fart of a comeback. Doesn't win anything until he turns heel and kicks AJ Styles in the nuts. And then loses the World Championship to Kofi fucking Kingston at WrestleMania. Like, you let Kofi Kingston beat you on the grandest stage of them all before you go out and get a job. You get smashed, stacked, pinned by Roman. And get sent packing to AEW. And then you tap out, man. How the fuck is a baby face? How do you tap out, dude? Uh, Pass out like a man, dude. Yeah. Like the fact that he fucking tapped out, man. I was actually that's rooting where, for him, yeah, dude. I was, I was doing the bad. yes chant. I was all, I would have fucking been jumping up and down on my back porch if he would have won that championship, man. And he let me down. That's the last time I root for fucking Brian Danielson in a match. <laughs> Damn. Jesus. I think that's, I think that's it, this right? Is just Mike, this mic is add, on fire right now. Do we add anything yeah, else? I mean, or? It's, it's, yeah, exactly. Is there anything else I'm to say? I'm just mad, dude, because I've never been a fan of his, but I bought in, man. And I was going, I was in the bag for him. On uh, on Sunday night, he let but, me down big time. But as far to, as the wrestling the, goes, go did you wrestling like the wrestling? was on point, man. It, At least, it was oh, a yeah. fun match. Yeah, it was a fun match, dude. I thought both guys showed out. I have more respect for MJF as an in-ring performer after that match. I uh, Yeah, it was a tremendous match, man. Definitely, it's pro- you got to let it digest a little bit, but it's probably top two or three Iron Man match of all time. If Yeah, and you know, I, unlike Seth, I've been a Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson fan since the beginning, and I... I always root for him. I was let down as well. I thought like, like he said, the tapping at the end, like, cause I was given hope. Like he fought back and then he freaking tapped out. Like, what was the point of acting like you were about to get up? And I was like jumping, like so excited dude. like, you know, Oh my God, this is about to be epic. And then he freaking taps out. And I think that's where it just knocked the wind out of me. Cause if MJF would have went over at him after he hit him with that oxygen, like, whatever like that's straight up like mj mjf tactics right like we could have all been like okay well that's how this was supposed to end but the fact that he got him in the um you know labelle lock and then freaking uh he act did like, the two arm drop he fought out yes, of that he fought out of the two arm drop exactly and then you know act like he was gonna stand up and freaking tapped out i was i was pissed off dude i was straight up pissed off i think that's what left a sour taste in my mouth dude i was just like damn dude like why this match was so good and they they kind of botched the ending in my opinion I think, I mean, yeah, if we're like going behind the scenes, I think they just wanted to put MJF over strong yeah. and that's the way to do it by having him tap. But 
kayfabe. Yeah, I was, I was like I said, I was just heartbroken and let down by Daniel Bryan. There, there was nothing about this match that I didn't like. To be completely honest with you, I, I thought this was, I mean, it's definitely top two Iron Man match to me, and it's probably one of AEW's, if not their best match they've ever put on to date. It was really good. The match was insane. Yeah, I would argue that it is a, like AEW's best match, dude. dude like it, the, the match was awesome, dude. It, like MJF, I thought that was so smart. MJF like doing the, the tapping, like get, gets his finger on the, the rope yep. and then taps, you know, and tricks Daniel Bryan to like make him think like, oh, you know, he tapped out. Like there was just so many awesome spots in this in this match. And then, never drug, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the low blow spot to get DQ'd and then get two quick pins was awesome, Didn't too. we talk about that yep, last we week? Did. Weren't we talking about we were talking how, about like, you know. getting hit with the dynamite ring, yeah. Yeah, yeah Dolph, and then. Dolph did the same thing to Seth. Yes, yeah. I thought we so didn't mention that. student of the game, man. Mm-hmm. Watching the, that one. Yeah, the I, think only, I think it was. Go ahead, Jordan. The only thing that I did not like about this was Taz. Um. I thought the MJF getting water thing was fucking hilarious. Like every fifteen yeah, minutes, he needed water. I, yeah, I, I just thought it was MJF. funny. Like, I mean, for someone who had never wrestled that long, and to go at the pace he did, because everybody knows Daniel Bryan can do that. Like, going sixty minutes is not a problem for him. But the fact that MJF went that long with him and he was doing the water spots, I thought it was hilarious. And Taz was just being a douche about it. I'm like, dude, yeah. I want to see, I want to see any of these, you know, out of shape inner city sweat hogs freaking, you know, do half the, do a 30 minute match, do a 15 minute match and not get a drink of water, dude. So if anybody out there is talking shit, like, you know, you just need to sh- shut up. <laughs> I, I was wondering where you're going with that. <laughs> well, I was going to say something worse than I was like, no, you know, yeah, it was a good man. Like I, I got to let it digest a little bit. I, I want to go back and watch mm-hmm. this like six months from now because I think it's definitely between this and Brett and Sean for best mm-hmm. Iron Man match of all time. And I think they're kind of like, they're really kind of total opposites on like booking philosophies on an Iron Man match, even though they had somewhat similar finishes with the tie and an announced draw and then, you know, somebody comes out. So uh, I, I definitely did feel for MJF on that one. They, they tried to fuck him over the same way they fucked over Brett at WrestleMania 12. But, uh, you know. He still ended up winning on, at, at the end of it. Uh, where do you guys think he goes married? Do you guys think it is going to be Adam Cole like we talked about at Double or Nothing? Yeah. Mm, yeah. 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 That's that's the path that makes the most sense at this point. I'm, I'm worried. I, I'm a little bit worried, man, if I'm being honest. The fact that they did have Daniel Bryan tap out, I, I feel like they're about to give MJF like a long-ass reign. Like before this, I, I thought it was realistic for Daniel Bryan to win – or Bryan, excuse me. Brian Danielson to win the belt on Sunday night. And I thought for sure, like the next challenger was going to win, but now I'm not so sure, man. I think they may be strapping it up for, for MJ have to hold this thing for like a year, a year plus. Yeah. Beating war 2024, dude. Yep. Trying to keep the belt on him until he resigns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let's go, uh, let, let's do letter grades, man, for, uh, we'll, we'll go around the horn letter grades for overall for, for revolution. Sheena, you can go first. I give it an A. I, I give it a, like not an A plus, but I give it an A. Marco? Uh, A minus. Jordan? I'm going A plus. The build to this was absolute dog shit, and the fact that they delivered that good of a pay-per-view, it's getting an A plus for me. I I loved it, other than the Samoa Joe match. Yeah, I'm I'm going A plus. You got two matches that are definitely match of the year candidates with the Trios match and the Iron Man match, so... If you get two matches that good on the show, it really doesn't matter what else is on there, but there was some other tremendous stuff on there as well, so... A plus for me. Let's hit the uh, beverage break and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about some WWE. 
pod. It's time for the weekly beverage break where we talk about what we're sipping on while we pod. Uh, once again, for the second straight week, Sheena's got the most boring choice. So Sheena, tell us what you're drinking. This is not boring at all. This is. I'll let Marco and Jordan decide. So, um, you know, March, I decided, you know, I'm just, I'm going all in on my health and my wellness and my well-being. And I, one other thing that I decided to do is to give up coffee. Well, at least drinking coffee. <laughs> I decided to give up oh drinking, drinking, oh. um, <laughs> ingesting coffee. coffee. Uh, you went from drinking no, I mean, to ingesting. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. So, um, I got this stuff. It's, a, I've been drinking mushroom coffee for like over 10 years, but I've tried like a bunch of different ones. And this one is definitely at the top of the list. So it's called everyday dose. It's got a little bit of caffeine, but it's like 80% less caffeine than um, regular coffee. So I just wanted to give my adrenals a break. And, so you like know, how many MGs of C are you getting in one serving? Um, I don't know. Let me see. Hold on. Oh. Um, I don't see it, dude. It doesn't even say. Hold on. It does say somewhere. Hold on. Mushroom coffee blend. You got 1.85 grams in a serving. Um, That's still quite a lot of caffeine. I mean, that's not a gram. It's definitely okay. Just let me talk about my freaking drink, dude. Uh, oh my god! Dude. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't ask, don't don't ask questions. <laughs> okay, sorry. I thought we were having a conversation, like we're doing, a, you know, like maybe a podcast, dude. <laughs> anyway, it's got um, uh, fair trade coffee, organic chaga mushroom, organic lion's mane mushroom, and uh, it's freaking delicious. A lot of things out there, like I've tried the mud water. It kind of tastes like dirt. Um, I mean, it's good, but it's, you know, it's a chai flavor. This has actually got a little bit of coffee flavor to it. So everyday dose, if you're looking to just get yourself some nootropics and it's got collagen in it too. So good for your skin, good for your bones, joints, all of that. Um, everyday dose is what I got. This is my first time trying it, but I'll definitely be reordering it. Sounds delicious. So it doesn't, I, I got, I got questions, man. It doesn't specify the caffeine amount. It just says 80% less caffeine than coffee man which every like energy drink or coffee drink i've ever seen always puts the uh the caffeine let me content say, let on me, there let so. me just do a little googling i don't know man something's not adding up here uh jordan what are you drinking i'll save the show don't worry i am drinking uh sunny d vodka seltzers um Hell yeah i'll be honest with you dude i Maybe it's just been too long since I've had Sunny D, but I am not getting Sunny D flavor out of this. It just tastes like an orange vodka drink. I mean, it's still good, but... Orange vodka. Exactly. It's still good, but yeah, maybe not. This might not be a regular thing, but still good. Why wouldn't you just Why wouldn't you just get some Sunny D and put some vodka in there? Because, Sheena, sometimes I'm lazy and I just want to crack a can open and just drink it. <laughs> Is that a good enough answer for you? Because I didn't want to chug a whole thing of Sunny D in here and a bottle of vodka and mix up drinks while we're podcasting. I don't like coming off the top rope into the cooler like Seth Phelps. <laughs> okay, so uh, it's there's 39 milligrams of caffeine per serving. So it's less caffeine than a cup of black tea for all of you, you know, out there. So 39. Okay. I think an average uh, espresso shot has like 60 to 65 grams of caffeine, I think. Let me look. I'll look it up. But Keep you're going. still getting a similar boost. What? Oh, yeah. So you're still getting you're still getting a boost, but you're not getting that like anxious jitter, like heart palpitations. And I typically like I've been drinking coffee like for as long as I can remember at this point. But there comes a point sometimes where I feel like it like the caffeine builds up in your system. You become a little bit you know, tolerant to it. And then it just starts causing anxiety versus like giving you like a little, you know, energetic boost. So. Yeah, I like to take a hiatus from coffee from time to time and help my anxiety. Marco, what are you drinking, man? 
staying, staying kind of neutral today, just a uh, American lager, broken skull. Obviously, it's uh, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. Gonna, it's 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 a Tuesday. I don't want to get too crazy uh, at the beginning of the week. So uh, just keep it keep it light for the beer tonight. Nice. Jordan, I'm thinking Mania Weekend, dude. We need to take a page out of Marco's book and bust out some uh, some WrestleMania 17 margaritas, dude. Oh, yeah, of course, mm-hmm. dude. I mean, we're going to drink a lot that weekend. Hopefully, Chino's uh, back on why. the wagon by then. I'm, I'm just kind of well, getting Yeah, that'll be my last day. That'll be You guys are getting here, what, the 31st? Yeah. So that'll be my last day on the wagon. And then, uh, you know, the first, it's all it's I've all just been craving margaritas for whatever reason, man. And I think I'm going to hold out till you guys get here, dude. And we'll just make some some real fucking strong margaritas, dude. You know what I mean? I'm thinking like two shots of Patron and then like a, a Patron shot floater on top of that motherfucker after you mix it up. You know? Yeah, act like we don't have two small kids <laughs> like running around, dude. Yeah, but there'll be four adults here, dude. So we'll, be, we'll have a four to three ratio. And Zoe will be there. Yeah, and Zoe. Zoe's old enough that she can help keep on. Dude, she loves hanging uh, out with kids. It'll be fine. A yeah. uh, a regular standard eight ounce cup of coffee has ninety five milligrams of caffeine. Good to know. Mm-hmm. I am drinking the last of my uh, Rogue Brewing Neon Snowpocalypse. You know, I, I drank this one a couple weeks ago. This is the one that they they call it a cold IPA. I still don't know what the hell makes it cold IPA, but it is a damn good beer, and uh, and it's eight percent or so perfect for uh, getting you loosened up for for a podcast tell everybody what happened to your super special uh drink yeah that you so had i had them. so alma gang brewing that's one of my favorite favorite freaking uh breweries man they had good distribution when we lived in virginia so i was able to get all their stuff neon rainbows is like their most famous um ipa it's like they're kind of like baseline or whatever but i had this special one that they did i got it when i went down to texas for work at the end of january i got a four pack it was a raspberry tropical hazy IPA delicious beer. Like I gave Sheena a sip of it, and even she was like, "Damn, like that's really good." Um, I, you know, I had like two drinks of it, and I sat this whole sixteen ounce pint glass down on the ground on the back porch while we were watching Revolution, and I was writing a text back to Matt from uh, Extra Cooler. We were just talking about the beer, and uh, and our you know our basically blind seventeen year old wiener dog comes running through and just fucking waylays it, dude. It was like it was like when you remember that time when Keith Lee pounced Adam uh, Cole up into the stands. <laughs> yeah. That's what my dog did to this fucking beer, and it was my last one. And I don't know when I'm going to be around to even like find these things again. So I know, dude. And it was I mean, you had just poured it, man. Like it, like I don't even know if you took like a full drink. It was horrible, dude. Yeah. I was heartbroken. So yeah, thanks, Presley. We love you. <laughs> Uh, all right. So before we get into some figure talk, we do, you know, we are, you know, less than a month away from WrestleMania. So let's kind of just hit a little WWE freestyle segment. Does anybody got anything they want to express feelings on as we are on the, uh, the road to WrestleMania? Marco, didn't you have some, didn't you have some, uh, some beef you wanted to bring <clears throat> up or some, something I'm, you wanted to discuss? Not really beef. It was just, uh, I mean, if you watch raw last night, um, you see the return of John Cena, uh, and obviously we knew how, what this was going to, you know, entail was, uh, you know, Austin Theory, you know, stepping in and, you know, staking his claim to have a match with John Cena at, uh, WrestleMania, which is, which is fine. I think everyone kind of predicted that was going to, you know, happen anyway, but the, the fashion in which they did, it was kind of shocking to me because of the, the way Austin Theory has been built. Like, you know, he had this, you know, they kind of fumbled him a little bit. Obviously, after Vince McMahon, you know, his whole ordeal, he left, you know, Austin there is kind of like, you know, just floating around or whatever. Your daddy's come, not here no yeah, more. Come, yeah, your daddy's not here anymore. Kind of gets buried there. Uh, then, you know, disappears, kind of comes back. 
uh, you know, like badass heel, grows a beard, all this stuff, kind of on the upswing. And then and then comes along John Cena, uh, you know, a simple, you know, challenge to, you know, WrestleMania would have been fine. But then you have, you had this like 10 minute like roast, roasting session of, of Austin Theory. Which I think was kind of, it seemed like it was almost unwarranted. It's like, dude just came out to ask you for a match at WrestleMania. He just flamed him to death in front of everybody. It was like it was like watching a live execution last it night. The shades from, uh, of, uh, <laughs> of the 2017 Cena-Roman Reigns feud. Just when buried the shit. Looked like, Roman on the mic. Oh, like, just yeah. buried him like crazy. Somebody posted a clip of that the other day when he was like, he's like, you got Roman it. Roman forgot yeah. his line. Forgot his yeah. line. He's like, you've seen us. Said, I'll give you a second. Remember what you're supposed yeah, to say. Yeah, supposed to say. <laughs> just like, cut the promo. God, that was horrible. It, like it makes me cringe every time I see that. It was like, jeez. Like even that. Like he, like just like the past couple of you know nights on wrestling has just been like like the uh, if you guys see uh, SmackDown last Friday and you see the exchange between Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns, that was like even, <laughs> even more. Brutal, like, like no no mention of Stardust, like we all thought, you know, Cody kind of brought that up, kind of eight-miled that, just threw it out there just so it didn't stick. But then yeah. Roman, Roman with his, like, you know, obviously with his cockiness and being in God mode, like, have you ever, you know, just like main evented or anything, like, just like, just running down the list of things that Cody hasn't done yet, like, was pretty insane. And then yeah. you come up on Monday, and well, it's like, jeez. Just, like Seth said, dude, it would have just been better served not to let them come in contact with one another before WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it would have been way more special if the first time they were in the ring together yeah. was at. Like at I said, I was just, I just, I just show concern for uh, for Austin Theory in that in that I'm not sure if anyone shared the same sentiment as I as oh, I did. Yeah, I, I thought I mean, for him. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like, yeah, I mean, I, I still think it was just a sign of respect and faith they have in him that they're pairing yeah. him up with Cena at WrestleMania, and the fact that it's for the title. I don't see Cena winning that belt, man. So I think we're at least getting some sort of schmoz finished. You know, I was texting with Jordan about it. This this match, I think, is the prime target for Steve Austin to make an appearance. If we're going to get Steve Austin at WrestleMania, I think it's going to be this. You know, he had his interaction with Theory last year, so there's already some history there. Yeah. And it's always been the dream scenario. People want to see Austin and Cena going toe-to-toe. So I could see maybe, you know, some some sort of BS finish. And I think this, it, this is where I'm circling for, you know, the biggest potential for seeing Steve Austin WrestleMania weekend. Huh. Do you think this is the last time we're going to see Cena? Um wrestle no i think he comes back for one more i i think i think this is going to be a good match i think we're going to see one more main event run for sheena i don't think he's going to beat rick flair's record but if i'm booking it he gets one more moment in the sun to take a big swing at um at breaking rick flair's record for the championships you know the record they share now mm-hmm. and, and he comes up short and that's when we get the you know thank you cena you know all, all, right all that stuff and, and send him off man um yeah like i said i i think Sadly, I don't think wrestling fans really appreciated Cena until he was gone, man. You know, yeah. a lot, some of that was due to him. Some of that was due to the way he was used. But he's definitely been missed since he went off to, to Hollywood. And he never really had like the big goodbye. He kind of just faded away on us, which is crazy for as, as huge of a part of the WWE he's been for the last 20 years at this point, man. So he deserves a more proper send off for sure. And, Vince and, was never ready to let go of Cena. He wasn't going to give him the big goodbye. You yeah, know? That, may have, that may have been what it is. Um but yeah, he deserves a big send off. I don't think I don't think his last match is going to be against Austin Theory, though. I mean, what, what do you guys think? No, he, he's going to wrestle again. I just I, I'm with you. I think he's going to come back one more time for uh, an extended run, maybe four months or so, and and 
yeah, I agree. Get one last really big match in and right off. I mean, they've had numerous chances to do it. They could have done it with the Brock matches. They could have done it with the Roman matches. Like, until he actually calls it quits, I'll never believe it. Yeah. Who who do you guys see him having his last match against? I would love it if it was Randy Orton. I would Orton say or Roman, like but that. I feel like Roman's kind of past that. Roman doesn't need it anymore. No. Randy Orton would be good just for storyline purposes, right? Seeing yeah. one last Orton and Cena match would be cool. Um, uh, I mean, if Theory ends up winning the world, I could see Theory being a world champ within two years, man. Theory and Cena run it back for the world championship could be cool. KO would be cool just because of the history that KO. they have. Mm-hmm. AJ yeah. would be yeah. cool. I, I would like all those matches, honestly. Yeah, there's a lot, man. There's like I said, the 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 problem with the WWE main event scene right now is that I mean we love it. Obviously, you know, I know at least me and me and Sheena, I know Marco's on the bandwagon, George's a little lukewarm. We're big supporters of Roman, but he's sucked up so much of the oxygen in the main event scene over the last couple of years and he's run through everybody. He has, man. Like that it's if Roman is gonna take some time away, it will really breathe some new life into the main event scene because we'll have some compelling matchups with people and you'll get to see some some people really shine to their fullest potential, whereas just it's been all about the Roman verse for going on almost three years yeah. now. There's, a, there's yeah. a rumor that after uh that after Mania that they're gonna start up the uh WWE draft again. Uh oh boy. Which would, uh, which I freaking would, hate the draft, dude. Yeah, I, yeah, me too, but uh, apparently it's supposedly splitting the titles. Yeah. Uh, that's what that that's how That'd they're gonna cool. do it is is the draft. So I'm, I'm curious as, as to see how WrestleMania is going to end uh, if they're going to go that route. So, the, I mean, the the draft was cool. It always gets big ratings, but you had to keep the separate pay per views. That's when it was the best when they had like Raw mm-hmm. exclusive pay per views, yeah. SmackDown exclusive pay per views. Because one belt always ends up feeling like a glorified mid card title when yep. you're having them on the same show, man. Like yeah. it was so cool that 2016, 2017, where you had your brand specific shows and then they come together for, you know, the rumble mania. Yeah. SummerSlam, survivor series. That's the way um, to do it. So I don't know. I mean, it's on, I mean, dude, it's not like they got to have pay-per-view buy rates. I don't know why they wouldn't do it. These shows are just on Peacock. So they're mm-hmm. already, they're getting paid whether fucking a hundred people yeah. watch or a hundred, a hundred million. Um, I don't know, man. I and I know why they do that. Like I said, the draft is always like besides Raw after Mania, the draft episodes are usually the highest rated of the year. Uh, I just I'm not a fan, dude. I, I like a soft brand split. Is kind of where I'm at. Unless they're going to straight up commit to having separate pay per views. I, I texted yeah. I texted you this last night, Seth. But dude, I I don't. I mean, outside of Cody and Roman, and obviously what's going to end up Usos and versus Sammy and KO. I, I'm not a fan of this build to WrestleMania, man. I said it to Seth last night too. We have had no Hall of Fame announcements, and I know the Hall of Fame isn't for everybody, but I mean the WrestleMania it's something to just be like, wow, this person's going into yeah. the Hall of Fame. Kind of gets you, kind of gets you in a while. Yeah, it kind of gets you like in the in the spirit of WrestleMania. I, I I don't feel like we're on the road to WrestleMania, if that makes sense. Outside of the sign being there and knowing we're getting Roman <laughs> and Cody in a couple weeks, like. I don't know, man. These paper are these shows weekly because I'm trying to watch more because we are. I mean, we're only three weeks away, so I want to make sure I know what's happening and stuff like that. But I don't know. It just doesn't feel for for a show that they already have said that they're setting the live gate record. Um, they're going to set record attendance, all that stuff. This does not feel like building towards that to me. This feels more like building no, towards an older WrestleMania where it's just one night, it's four hours. Like, that's what we're looking at. 
Yeah, because how the hell do we have freaking, you know, Brock versus Omos, and then we have Bobby Lashley versus, you know, whatever's going on with Bray Wyatt right now. Like, instead of getting Brock and Bobby at WrestleMania, dude, which would have been the superior match, we got that at freaking Elimination Chamber. Like, I just... The card looks good on paper, but I feel like we don't have a lot of red hot stories that are reaching their like emotional peak. Like yeah. the hottest story, like emotion wise, is probably Sammy and the Usos and KO. But that peaked last week, yeah, or last month. Excuse me. There's no way they're going to match nope. what they had in Elimination Chamber. The rest of these, like I'm sure it's going to be a good card. But yeah, you're right, Jordan. There's nothing that's like grabbing you by the balls. It's like, yeah, I got to see this, man. I, I, I I'll stand by it, dude. Like Cody, he's been good, but I think if if they would have had Seth, that imagine a babyface Seth being the one to take down Roman. Now that's something I think people would be behind. And, and, and be think into. about yeah, and think about like all of the amazing video packages you could put together, yeah. and all the promos that you could lead up to WrestleMania. Seth for this. beat Roman. He never got a rematch, dude. Seth beat Roman by DQ at the 2022 Royal Rumble, and it was just completely forgotten. And Seth was the only one that Roman ever really talked to man to man without like make you know just talking to him like up he until. Was, uh, Cody this last week, yeah. Seth is the only one that Roman never acted like was just totally beneath him the mm-hmm. entire time. Yeah, and um, I, I do think we the Elimination Chamber peaked the road to WrestleMania, and I think it's gonna be pretty hard for him to beat that peak, honestly. Is a is a pre peaker. I mean, dude, Elimination <laughs> Chamber. Like, it was a pre it was a premature peak. Yeah, every, 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 yeah everybody knows like I'm I am pretty critical of WWE because I do feel like there's a lot of stuff that they could be doing that they're not. And Elimination Chamber was nearly perfect for me. I loved that show. I, I thought everything about it yeah, was great. Funny. And I just I don't know how they're gonna get that again at WrestleMania. You are not gonna get the crowd reaction for Roman Cody that they got for Roman and Sammy. Like there's just no way. There's so, just no way. One thing, so I, I sent Sheena the same thing I sent you, Jordan, that I think Jay Uso whispered something into Sammy Zayn's ear before he turned on him last night, man. Mar- Marco, what did, what did you think on that? That that's kind of like the theory going around, man, that that Jay said something to Sammy right when he kind of pulled him in on that hug right before uh, right before he super kicked him. And, and there's still going to be another story turn with Jay the night of WrestleMania. He gave him the I love you. I'm sorry. You I think he just so? said not yet, Oose. I think that's all he said. He said not yet, Oose. And I think he, like, you know, like that like that chick that broke it down on Twitter said, he knows he's going to have to take the bloodline is going to have to get took down from the inside out, man. And he's got to he's got to stay close. Yeah, to Yeah, I can see. Yeah, what I can your, see something thoughts? like that. I think the biggest pop is going to be when Jay finally turns on Roman. And I think it's going to take away a little bit from Cody, right? Like, I don't know exactly how they're going to work the mechanics of this. Cause you don't want to take away from Cody's moment. We're assuming yeah. obviously that Cody is going to walk out with the belts, but there's other people that the fans are more invested in, even though Cody's doing good, Cody's still getting good responses, but the crowd is going to be hotter for Sammy or a baby face Jay than they are for Cody, just because that's where the emotional investment's been over the last you saw, year plus. You saw how the stadium reacted whenever uh, Jay showed up at freaking Raw. Dude. Yeah, it was like, goosebumps, it was, man. Like, yeah. they freaking loved it, dude. Like, they like, love Jay. You know, Jay is the freaking man, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's Jay. been the emotional foundation of this and, entire bloodline story. Mm-hmm. The, from, the, the, from the jump. Yeah, yeah the, other, from the, other thing, the other thing, too, is a lot of people sleep on is I, I always had a theory that, um, that Solo was going to be the one to, you know, kind of you know, break the bloodline uh, from within mainly because they are like every week, they always make note that he is the brother of Jimmy and Jay, um, you know, and, and the, you know, him, he's just sitting there in silence watching this dude, Roman Reigns, just 
play the shit out of his brothers every week, yeah. week in and week yeah. out, just like manipulating them, abusing them, um, all this stuff. And I think uh, it would be cool if he was the one to actually, you know, turn because Roman holds him closer than both of uh, than the Usos. Like you know, I never thought about that. Yeah, that that would be fucking huge. Yeah, pop, so dude, like, if, like Jay comes out, shows his cards, right, and then freaking Roman goes to hit him and. Solo is the one that like grabs Roman's arm or something. That's what I think's yeah. gonna happen because like it makes sense because like you have this dude just sitting there in silence, just like watching yeah. this, watching like you know all these people manipulate his brothers, and he doesn't yeah, say he's anything. Ta- he's taking he's taking he's everything in, taking dude. notes. He's, ca- he's, he's cataloging all of the uh, everything that's happened. And he's been such a badass <laughs> since he got caught up to the main roster. Like yeah, yeah Roman's people scared would of him, immediately dude. forgive him for any bloodline wrong. That's I, I, and I think Roman has kind of like a fear of Solo because that's why he keeps him the closest out of. Yeah. You know, the, both Usos, like he, he'll treat them like shit. Like, oh, go, like he doesn't say solo, go, go find your brother Jay. He's like Jimmy, go find your brother Jay. He like he, he completely dismisses, like not dismisses solo, but he like he doesn't just acknowledge him as like he's like oh, nah, I guess he's solo. never dogged him out like he has Jimmy and Jay. Yeah, so like yeah. I think it's gonna happen. Like he's like it's gonna. I mean, it'd be pretty cool if it does, but I don't know. Nah, I think it'd be cool yeah, if that, that, to do it. that would be awesome. That would be as Sheena says, a moment. That would be a moment. <laughs> it's. A moment. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be a fun show, but yeah, you're right, Jordan. Like the storylines, they're just kind of they're cool, man. Meh. They're not they're not like sh- like it's good matches we're going to get aside from Brock and Omos. I think the rest of the matches should be good, but the storylines are just. Yeah, I mean, how many before. matches do we even have set in stone right now? There's uh, really only like five, five matches right? set in stone. I mean, you could see the card from here. I think we could pretty much lay out the entire card, um, yeah. but there's only been like an announced like five matches so far. For two nights. Yeah. All right, anybody else got anything? Go ahead, Marco. Yeah, I think it's like, uh, let's see. I think there's like seven. Two, yeah, because yeah, they announced seven. two so last night. Yeah, so there's Roman, Cody, uh, Charlotte, Rhea, Bianca, Asuka, Brock, Omos, uh, Seth, Logan, Austin, Derry, Cena, and then the, uh, tr- the which I predicted, the uh, trios match between Becky, Trish, and Lita uh, versus Damage Control. Yeah, that's more. That's more matches than I thought. I, f- I forgot about the um, I, Becky it, situation. And here's my here's my guess: both nights are going to be short. They're not going to. It's so. going to be two like, nights, and it's going to spread. They're going to spread like like those those going to be long winded matches. All those like like a nice a nice little you know three, three hour hours yeah, yeah, yeah three night, hour yeah. pay per view. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be five hours for both nights. They're going to spread. Yeah. I still want to do the battle royals, man. I hope we get the battle royals, dude. Like, why not? Just to get. Some of the other people have something to do, and it's always yeah. fun to see who they, wins. You know? they, they not sold, do them last yeah. year? I think the last couple. They, of years, I can't remember if they did them last year. Or not. I know Smackdown. the year before last they did them. Um, they did it like on the SmackDown before. Yeah. Oh. Mania. See, you, you also still have uh, Edge and Finn that hasn't been announced, which will probably be announced next week. Oh yeah, um, you'll probably that's gonna be held in the cell. Like Jordan said, yeah, like Jordan said, you'll probably get uh, KO and Sammy versus the Uso. So those are two more matches. So random. Ray and Dom will probably happen as well. So, and we haven't had Bray and Bobby Lashley. Officially Bray and Bobby Lashley hasn't been officially announced. Man, all those matches okay. are really getting me excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, may, we might may, have to have a, a state of the WrestleMania address show where we like, kind of like, you know, start from the beginning, like the first WrestleMania up until now, and like see where what went wrong and where the like the like the lack of excitement we where it got lost. For WrestleMania, because I feel it's it's been a while since 
It does. I want to say it was like 32. I think 32 is where it's 31 matches. 31 the build was 30, awesome. 31 the, was the build of 31 was one of the worst builds ever, but the show rocked. The show was awesome. 33 like, had a really good card yeah. with a lot of really good stories, but it was just such a it was long, a long ass show, show, dude. dude. Yeah, yeah it might be my show. old age, but I but they WrestleMania might have peaked at 17. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, yeah. 30 and 31 were both really good. They were. I yeah. mean, I was at 30. I mean, yeah, they were good. I mean, I don't know. Just the excitement of. I don't know. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think we may have to have do like a show, like a like a side show where we do like a uh, like a, a discussion on WrestleMania. I think it'd be pretty cool. All right, anybody say anything they want to express feelings on before we move to figure talk? Let's go. All right, first we're gonna hear from the two bad chads. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern. Available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. it's time for the weekly figure four where we give you guys the latest in wrestling figure news as always this segment is brought to you by ringside collectibles use code chick foley to save 10 percent on all your purchases there uh we also got to give a shout out to extreme sets dude they sent us a hellified care package yesterday we got the new retro arena the ring mats and the backstage area so thank you guys for your generosity and use code chick foley to save ten percent on extreme sets for all the uh, the photographers we out lo- there, we love our extreme sets. We uh, we got rid of them when we left Virginia. I actually found another figure mark there, and um, you didn't know, think they were going to survive the move. Yeah, they were already getting a little flimsy because we had moved them from Hawaii to Virginia, um, and so then and you we know, didn't have a dedicated figure room when we moved here. We got it's like a it's like half ass figure room, but it's also like office and like a podcast gym. studio and yeah, a gym. <laughs> so I think we uh, we're going to try to get a little figure photography going up in the attic now. So yeah. it's kind of like in Hawaii, Remember Hawaii, we had it all set up yeah, out it was in, the all garage. in the garage. Um, but let's get into some figure news. So we did have uh, you know, AW fan fest over the weekend. We saw our first MOC and like, you know, actual figure shots of the, uh, the Lucha bro Supremes. What'd you guys think of these? I mean, that's exactly what we're expecting. These are incredible. Yeah, these are incredible. <clears throat> I remember um, specifically making a post about this that night, saying like, "Dude, like we need these, dude. Like they're gonna be crazy." I do Steve, worry, uh, dude. Jeremy, you know the L- the Lucha Bros aren't the most beloved guys. These figures are forty three bucks a piece, man. Do you guys think enough yeah. people are gonna buy these figures though to make them worthwhile? Yeah. Well, Ray Phoenix is so, on I back so. order. Like yeah. he's he's on back order till like May. Yeah. But what I'm talking like actual retail though, like you know, because these Whoa. these Supremes start to show up at Target and stuff. Man, I have not. I, seen I feel like the Brits have moved though. I feel like the Brits. What I feel like if I when I Cody's I, the only one I've ever seen. Really, well, there was the Cody Walmart exclusive. He sold out quick. I got you know I got I got one of them here at our Walmart locally, but they were gone. 
Um, and I feel like if, if I see Brit and one of the targets around here, like the next time I go, she's gone. So they have been moving. Maybe, yeah. maybe I need to have more faith in figure collectors. I just, it, it is a high price point, even though you do get your money's worth on those figures. Um, what did you guys think about the Danhausen? We actually saw the Danhausen prototype. I mean, this is, he's such a toyetic guy. So yeah, this is awesome to me. Yeah, I think it looks great. I thought it was, if I'm being super critical, man, I thought like it looks a little bit cartoonish compared to some of the yeah the earlier AEW figures, which, you know, I was showing Sheena the difference between the newest Jungle Boy mm-hmm. and the first Jungle Boy figure. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's budget or just a different sculptor or what. The figures still look cool, right? But there's been like definitely like a philosophy change on the AEW figure line where they're almost going to like a Hasbro style, like let's just get the head scans close enough and like yeah. almost kind of yeah. like cartoonish. They're looking. super soft. Whereas yeah. like they used to be like really realistic. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Did you guys see the uh the butcher and blade and bunny figures? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, those look good. Oh, the bunny looks awesome. Yeah. I'm really glad we're getting those. Those guys are super toyetic. Where have they been? What are these guys doing right now? I feel like I haven't seen them in forever. I think they're on like AEW dark every week. Mm. Yeah. I wonder why they don't get more of a push, man. I don't know, but CM Punk probably said he didn't like them. Probably. Hook yep. looks amazing. I'm really excited for this Hook figure. That's like our son Brett. That's one of his. That's probably his favorite AEW wrestler. So I'm really excited for him to see this. What do you guys think of the uh, the Hook prototype? Yeah, I mean it looks just like him. So it's yeah, just a shrunken down version of it. Is on point. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of new retro figures we need to talk about. The uh, our buddy Mitch, man, the grapplers and gimmicks. He's coming out with the hog farmer in Hasbro form. He released the uh, the, the gray 3D printed um, sample. I think it looks tremendous, dude. This is gonna freaking rock. Yeah, this did is you guys really, see this one? Yeah, this is really good too. We have a lot of good figures coming out, man. My wallet know, just dude. hates me. The wallet's in a chokehold right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, looks good, dude. I'm always, I'm always down for a good farmer fig. Yeah, Henry Godwin's the man. And then last but not least, Zombie dropping the freaking Deathmatch King version of Matt Cardona. Oh, so like, of, of all the uh, the revived Hasbro retro figures, this might be the best one we've seen yet. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the, the, the blood the blood aspect of it it's it yeah it's pretty it's pretty insane he he mentioned this like this this was like last year i think they they uh they talked about this it's gonna be a a two-pack with um with nick, nick gage, gage as well um so yeah, oh, that's gonna be awesome pizza cutter and everything so yeah i remember yeah. this with light tube accessory um i'm not sure i think it comes with the crown i'm not sure i think they mentioned something like that like the deathmatch king crown um, kind of like a variation of that, the Macho, the man. macho man. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the, the, yeah, this might be the best um, retro figure oh, right now. Just the the blood stained shirt. The yeah, it's awesome, dude. The light yeah, tube, it just the looks great. Tube. Yeah, the light tube. Yeah. I can't wait to see what it looks like on card. Those those Hasbro two packs always look so good on card, man. And yeah. I'm not an autograph guy, but this would be an awesome piece to get autographed. By oh both yeah, those because that was just. Such a fun time in wrestling when when Cardona was really kind of at the peak of his like indie street cred. Just don't do it at Starcast. Yeah, you'll be yeah. Like, you'll be having to go and uh, get some obscure like third party app to pay for it. And shit. Yeah, go to like Live Thirty Seven or whatever the hell it is now, whatever show they're on. Did you guys uh, have any interesting figure purchases this week? I had a hell of a week because of the Foley fam. So let's just get into it. Um, Randy Smith, this isn't a figure, but Randy Smith sent me a autograph photo of the one man gang. So definitely appreciate that. Um, 
Brian Vermeer sent me a Molly Holly Legends Chase. And then uh, the biggest uh, addition to my collection in I don't know how long, uh, Tony Barker actually bought me um, the Ultimate Warrior LJN for my birthday. So, wow. wow. That's a thought of the Yeah, dude. Uh, when Tony. I op- everybody, everybody give a little clap for Tony, dude. Yeah, you got to. Wow. That's a Hall of Fame friend purchase, dude. Dude, yeah. when I opened that bag and saw that that's figure, a, that's a Hall of Fame, yeah. I was like, holy shit, dude. And he found it locally, too. And so. it was minty, bro. That thing looked fresh like i was wondering if it was like a repaint or something dude like that thing looked good there's definitely some paint where there's definitely some paint where i'm like the boots and the knee pads i mean obviously there should be this is an older figure but yeah dude the face is clean and um everything on the upper body looks really good so pretty crazy to have this figure in hand i mean it's it's definitely awesome so yeah thanks thanks to the foley fam for making my birthday extra special yeah, man. Uh, when you sent me that, I was just stunned, dude. So, yeah, shout out to Tony. Again, remember the uh, Foley Fan Facebook group? That's just kind of the love you can expect, man, when you get in on that. So, chickfoley.com. Check it out if you want to sign up. My uh, my big I, – I had a bunch of uh, just random purchases this week getting caught up on shit. My most, like, obscure, like, fun stuff, I grabbed some MOC um, uh, WCW LSFTM. Uh, if you guys been following Sheena on Instagram, you know we've been cracking these things open. But I got freaking Sergeant Craig Pittman and uh, <laughs> Big Bubba Rogers, dude. So my son was real confused because he knows Big Boss Man, so he saw that box and was like, "Why is Big Boss Man wearing that?" And you know, I had to explain to him the different gimmicks type concept. But but yeah, I actually got both of those for thirty five bucks, man. So it's pretty wild, dude. That's been my. I'm down to just needing the Blue Bloods, um, a Macho Man variant, Vader. And Kevin Sullivan, and I'll be all set on the OSFTMs, dude. Like, I can't, these figures are so beautiful, man. I feel like they've really held up well, but those things do not hold their value, dude. Like, damn near 80% of the ones I've gotten have been, I, I've gotten them in box for like less than 25 bucks a piece, man. So, kind of puzzling. What, what, why do you guys think that is? Do you think it's just because like that 94, like 95 period of WCW was so repug or what? Yeah, old WCW definitely, or that part of WCW definitely did not age well at all. Figures, I mean, the actual pay-per-views, none of it really aged well at all. So it's not really that surprising. Yeah, the line stretched into the NWO era era because we got, you know, that black and white macho and the Hogan, but never got the Outsiders or like, you know, some of the other like big NWO pieces, like no DDP, it was just... Kind of a weird line, um, but I, I'm glad to be kind of wrapping it up, putting that set together. Um, and yeah, and like I said, man, just, you know, I would get in on it now because you never know when these random lines are going to take off on value. So if it's something you've been looking to get in, the getting the getting is good right now because aside from some of the more rare variants, these things are pretty, pretty economical. Uh, you guys got any figure stuff you want to talk about before we move into keeping it tranquilo? Let's get uh, tranquilo. Did anyone order the uh, Brent Baker? Uh, Jade two pack at all? I did, and I'm curious. I'm about to check my Amazon app right now. So the you know, we didn't even know this was coming out, man. This beautiful new Jade figure with the pink gear and the first TBS championship. Yep. Okay, so I'm looking now. Mine's delayed till March 18th. That, the, well, the ship date was suspiciously soon because you know it was shown that it was supposed to ship like March 6th, and we just yep. saw it last week. Mine will be. What do you guys um, got for? Mine will be here tomorrow. By oh, I, I actually got mine. Ship. Yeah, mine's, mine's actually mine's arriving. Okay, what what in the blue fuck, dude? Like, how am I pushed back to March 18th then, man? 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I got mine today, so I don't. And it's Sheena's name on our Amazon account. They should show some respect to Chick Foley. Dude. <laughs> I don't <laughs> respect <laughs> Amazon. Oh, all right, so Jeff Mark Bezos maybe, don't uh, care. You're, yeah. you're the only one that's got it, dude. Give us the uh, give us the live review, man. You, you can probably skip the Brit. She's basically a uh, re-release. But tell us about this yeah. Jade figure with no, the EBS Championship. Jade figure is awesome. Uh, the only only critique I have is the belt. Um, they are rather large, like they're for like the yeah. like the male figures but other than that it's 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 pretty awesome having the uh tbs championship uh title the 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 pink the pink and black on uh on jade looks awesome dude like that they they did a great job with that like like you said the Britt baker is not you know nothing to write home about it's pretty much like it it almost looks like the head scan almost looks like the the uh supreme one of the supreme head scans Okay. Uh, on yeah, tail. I know they released that gear with the jacket a couple of series back. I really like that Brit with like the Scott Hall tribute gear, but yeah, uh, with the yeah the belt's huge. We actually got if you hit up our buddy Dan Turnquist, you know he was on the pod a couple of months ago. Uh, he makes a pretty nice TBS championship that's that's properly scaled for the ladies because yeah, that championship yeah. is huge. But yeah, I'm really excited to get that Jade man, yeah, just it's a beautiful awesome. figure. Give give me all the Jades. You keep repainting them in different different colors, and I'll grab them. All right, let's hear from uh, our buddy we talked about earlier, Extra Cooler, and his podcast, and then we'll get into Keeping It Tranquilo. Hey, everyone. It's Nick, better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice-cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show, where each episode... My Survivor Series team and I review an old-school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. El Idolo! All right, it is time for Keeping It Tranquilo. Man, I love that theme, dude. I'm going to pop so hard when we hear that when he finally comes back to WWE. It's got to happen uh, sooner rather than later. You know, Flair's back in the fold. Obviously, Charlotte's there. Like, we need Andrade back in WWE. Um, and, and, you know, not Triple H is back in charge. So he'll finally get his, uh, his just due. But this is Keeping It Tranquilo, where we give you guys some outside-the-ring content to uh, to check out. Me and Sheena have been on a little low-key horror binge lately. So, Sheena, kick it off. Tell them what we've been watching. So my uh, Keeping It Tranquilo recommendation is the movie Smile. It came out uh, 2022. Mm. So if you haven't seen it yet, it, dude, it is very creepy. Like I I love horror movies. I've been watching them most of my life. And dude, this just gave me like the, the, the chicken skin all over. Like it kind of puts you in the same vein of like it follows. Like it's just it's definitely J horror inspired. Like it follows the ring. Yeah, it's like just psychological lines. like horror film. And it's just like this overwhelming sense of like dread, um, which sounds There's so amazing. Coming after you. Yeah, like it sounds so amazing. You should go see it right now. But um, <laughs> yeah, but definitely check it out. And I'm actually interested because oh, after we watched it, I was looking into it and there it was based on a short film called uh, Laura Hasn't Slept mm. by the same director. And it was kind of like the prequel to what became Smile. So now I want to go watch uh, Laura Hasn't Slept. So it's kind of like, you know, gives you the origin story of, uh, you know, what became Smile. So definitely check it out. It's it's awesome. not kid friendly, very gruesome. Um, Scary, dude. Yeah. I'm definitely going to give the kids nightmares. Yeah. So don't don't watch it with any young ones. You guys uh, seen Smile yet? Nope. No. Oh, check it out. Check what, it what out. Was it? it was on Amazon, right? 
I think so. Yeah, yeah I'll find out where it. I think it was on Amazon Prime. It's on, yeah, it's on Peacock too. I think for free. So I think it just went off Peacock, dude. Because that's oh, what did? I thought. Because I, I had seen the because I looked for it on Peacock and I was like, what yeah. the hell? No. It found it on Amazon. You're right. Yeah, I had discovered it on Peacock along with another movie that we just watched. My recommendation: we watched Megan, the uh, unrated version, which. I know, you know, I kind of pissed off at Jordan. Have you seen it yet, Marco? Yes, I have. We actually just watched it this past weekend. All right, so hold 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 thoughts on that, dude. I loved it, man. I thought it was fucking awesome, dude. Like almost a modern day child's play, like really really cool and I actually liked it more a couple days after I'd watched. Like as time went on, I I liked it more and more at the from like, you know, immediately after the movie ended. Sheena was lukewarm on it. Jordan was lukewarm on it. What's your thoughts, Marco? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, uh, so, uh, yeah, Kim was pretty, she thought it was, she didn't think it was that great. Um, I I actually really liked it. I'm a, I'm a techie person. Okay. Um, so, yes, th- that's like right up my alley. Um, just the, just that's the idea. I told Sheena, I was like, this doesn't seem that far off, man. Like, no, I can see that scenario. It doesn't, I, oh, don't, don't get me going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> no, it's in a half, I mean, it's, it's, it's mostly, I mean, if you, if you follow, uh, you know, like Boston Dynamics, and uh, what they're doing with those, like you know, the 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 dogs and the you know the yeah, if you see, oh, I know. We've, we've already we've already seen it on Black a, Mirror. We've yeah, already the stuff seen with yeah, AI so right now is just insane, yeah. man. So like the, the like, technological leaps that have happened in the last two years, dude. Yeah, and one of the one of the scenes in the in the when they're like you know it's kind of like a montage scene where you know they're showing like what she can do and the dude like kind of pushes her over with the or tries to push her with the broom. It's literally the it's literally the same thing that Boston Dynamic does in one of their videos to one of the robots. They like try to knock it over and it kind of just like evades it pretty much. So like Yeah, what what could go wrong with you know robots AI running is crazy the world, right now. You know they're saying research the research papers are dead as far as like college yeah, classes oh, and stuff go because mm-hmm. you can just you can use anything to just write a research paper for you now, man. Yeah, like, yeah, like I chat love it, Research papers are stupid anyways. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was good. I lo- I loved it. Yeah, I, I thought it was cool. I'm looking forward to the uh, the sequels, which I'm sure we're gonna get and see where they take it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was good for what it was. I always go into horror movies with an open mind, and I I don't try to pick them apart. Um, see, I, I thought it was more than just standard horror movie. I think yeah, I think you kind of said it was like cool horror movie. I thought it was like a really compelling film. Like, see, yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah, I mean, I could you know. When I start my conspiracy theories podcast, uh, I'll go. I'll go. Still waiting on you, and Marco, to get that going, man. Y'all yeah, no, we definitely, we definitely, yeah, but uh, but yeah, the AI stuff is just it's just not for me. Um, the going back to Smile really quickly, you can stream it on Amazon Prime and Paramount Plus oh, right nice. now. Yeah, it's a, and it's always weird to see um, Brian Williams' daughter in a movie for some odd reason. Um, if you if you know who Brian Williams is, hopefully everyone knows who that I is. I don't. You don't know who Brian Williams is? The, the news anchor, reporter, right? The news anchor, yeah. the reporter. Do you think like, I watch the news? Well, he's not like a, either, it's not like no local news. It's like he's like a national. He's like, like Dan Rather. Yeah, dude. he's like a Dan Rather type of dude. But it, the the main woman in it, uh, the one that plays the 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 sister, is is his yeah. Daughter. She's in Girls. That's how, that's how I knew. Her. I didn't know she was like some famous you know news person's daughter, but I knew she was. Um, oh my god. Uh, not Maribel. That's freaking. Yeah, she was in. Uh, she was in. She get was in out Girls. She's um, also in Get Out as the uh, girlfriend. Have we seen Get Out. No. Yeah, Marco. What's your uh, your uh, keeping it tranquilo pick? Oh man, uh, let me see. Watch some some stuff. Um, there's a movie called Sick. I'm not sure if it's still on. It was on Peacock. Um, it's one of the one of the first one movies I've seen. Anyway, it's a horror movie based on the pandemic. Um. 
So it's basically about this uh, boy. These two, these two ladies during the pandemic. So it's 2020, and it's it's just so weird watching all the stuff with the masks and all that stuff. It's 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 just it's just for nostalgic reasons. If you if you want to live through it again, definitely watch it. But uh, it's a it's a horror movie based on these two girls in college. They go, you know, they you know they they go on a quarantine at like their uh their uh, I think it's a family cabin or something like that. And um, you know, it's just them two. They they don't want anyone visiting. And uh, they end up getting stalked by this 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 family. Um, I don't, I'm not gonna you know go into detail, but uh, it, it definitely watch it. It's it's like I said, if you like a good horror movie, a good suspense type of thriller movie, it's uh, it's good. They actually they use all the the things of the pandemic in the movie, like as far as like the the storyline and why these people mm-hmm. are doing these things and all this stuff. So I think it's I think it's still on Peacock. You can definitely look it up, but it's called Sick. That's what it's called. Jordan, what's your pick, man? Uh, I'm going to recommend another podcast. Last time I recommended a podcast, it went over really great. So I'm going to do another one of my favorites. I can't believe I haven't recommended this one yet, honestly. Uh, It's called Alpha Blokes Podcast. Um, It's just, it's some Australian dudes that just get on here and they, they podcast twice a week and they're just hilarious. It is kind of a guy's podcast and definitely do not listen to it when your kids are in the car. Um, it is, uh, it, it's a lot sometimes. I mean, they really get into it. Like they'll break down like urban dictionary terms and stuff on there every once in a while. It's, it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, I got a bonus one also before we head into a uh, listener, actually two bonuses. One Morgan Wallen's new album dropped yeah. uh, one thing at a time, 36 songs. Just get it. It's going to be the soundtrack all summer for the uh, backyard. And two, Wrestling with Shadows is available on Blu-ray now. Um, just it, you can get it from multiple sites. Just Google Wrestling with Shadows on Blu-ray. It comes in a beautiful slipcover case. It's absolutely the best wrestling documentary ever made, and one of the best documentaries like Full Stop ever made. Just chronicles Bret Hart's last year in wrestling, uh, or last year in WWE, and it's it's just awesome, man. Like it, it's it's just so many goosebumps moments. Takes you behind the scenes. Gives you everything leading up to you know the big showdown in Montreal. Um, so yeah, go go pick it up, man. It's money well spent. I think it needs to be something that you add to your physical media collection. Uh, Sheena, do we got listener mail this week? Oh yeah. All right, so we're gonna hear from J Bone coming down the aisle, and then we will get into the uh, listeners questions. Coming down the aisle. Do you want to feel the war of the crown? Strap on those spandex undies and listen to the Coming Down the Aisle podcast hosted by me, J-Bone. Each week, I have a guest ranging from wrestlers, podcasters, and even some family members. The guests pick the match and we talk about it along with their fandom. Also, each week I provide my analysis in the wide world of wrestling and some figure talk. So get on, eat up, and subscribe to the Coming Down the Aisle podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts today. Ooh, yeah, dig it. All right, we're going to kick off listener mail with our first question, which is funny because we were just talking about conspiracy theories and we were just talking about uh, wrestling with shadows. So Sambro says, what's some wrestling related conspiracies that you guys actually believe? I'll say, you know, yeah, like she didn't kind of teed it up. I think the Montreal screw job was a work. <laughs> the, the more time goes by, like 
everybody pretty much benefited from it. Even though WCW fucked it away, it made Brett the biggest baby face in the biz. It made Sean the biggest heel in the biz. And it kickstarted the whole Mr. McMahon character. And I don't, I'm not sure there's three people that care more about pro wrestling than Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and Vince McMahon. So if they put their minds to it, that they wanted to work everybody and just take it to the grave, that's the three guys that would pull it off. So yeah, I, I think it was a work. Yeah, that was that, that was my knee jerk reaction um, for for conspiracy theories. Marco, you have a cons- do you know any wrestling conspiracy theories? Um, no, not a, not offhand. No, not even. I I I think Mo- the Montreal Screwjob is probably one of them. I've, yeah, I've, it's like it's like the it's like the Kennedy assassination of uh, wrestling, I, dude. The most like, dissected like, wrestling yeah. match of all time. I've seen some people. Uh, I've seen some things like 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 on Reddit. Some people like throwing it out there that you know that will bring this up. The Hogan, the Hogan tapes, as we'll call them, not the not the not the ones with you know with such and the such. Not, not the explicit ones. The the vocal <laughs> ones where he's talking on the phone. Uh, I, I read some I read some conspiracy theories that that it was like because uh, he's always said like he doesn't remember saying it and it was such a bad like that he's like if I did I'm sorry that type of thing. I, I was reading some things where people thought it was like an impressionist. Because they were trying to assassinate his character at the time with, uh, you know, with the whole, like I said, with the Gawker suing and yeah. all that stuff, and like they were trying. That was to, a big money lawsuit. They were trying to make him like look bad, like trying to like kind of detract. You know, Gawker was trying to like you know get you know get you know get the heat off of them. Um, so they had like they said so it was like an impressionist that went in and you know and, and they recorded these you know things. So I mean, it, is it possible at that time if you're a company being sued for you know? millions and millions of dollars possibility but who knows but yeah i, I see that floating around a few uh a few uh threads that that was a conspiracy to, to end speaking, Hulk of, speaking of lawsuits um i heard that uh uh vince mcmahon put uh dr d up to hitting john stossel in the uh in the face, dude. Like it was, he set it up because he was, you know, asking too many questions and being too critical of wrestling. And then once it all kind of blew up, he let freaking uh, Doctor D take the fall, dude. He was she, like, "She knew oh, yeah. cut tonight, dude." <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> I mean, how many modern conspiracy theories are there in wrestling, well, dude? There was another I mean, one that, that just popped up. Yeah. Uh, what conspiracy theory CM Punk? That he knew he was hurt, and that's why they the scrum mm-hmm. doesn't work. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's a, that's, yeah. A, that's a Sheena retro or a Sheena. Uh, recent, yeah. There's there's another one I've seen with uh, just recently with Vince McMahon that there that there is no sale happening for the WWE, and he just used that ploy as Seth like called the, that, yeah, to get back he, in, he, into power, which yes, which Seth is a possibility. That from which, day one, and just looking at it now, it, it it probably was like just like a power play to get back in into the company after all that. I mean. Who knows? He's taking that company yeah, with him. I always thought that was the case, man. Yeah. I think he's dying with that company. Yeah. yeah. Jordan, you know any conspiracy theories or any that you actually believe are legit? My favorite one is that Vince fired Vince Russo and sent him to WCW to kill it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, yeah. man. Because, I mean, dude, Vince Russo was like the hottest booker in 1999, and then all of a sudden he goes to WCW and the storylines all go to shit. <laughs> he needed, I think Vince Russo was great, but he needed, Vince McMahon was like his filter, right? Like yeah. Vince yeah. McMahon. And Vince is at the heart of all WCW, of the WCW, anything Vince Russo thought of, he could just make <laughs> happen. It was not good. Uh, Sambro hit us with another one. He said, what style of music do you, each of you predominantly listen to? For me nowadays, it's mostly country that I listen to, but I mean, I, I like a little bit of everything. I, I don't have like a genre that I specifically stay in. 
I used to be like as uh, the biggest hardcore rap fan there was, man. I'm talking like particularly Southern rap, dude. Like I had everything. I was on like the, you know, like Dat Piff every day, like downloading the new mixtapes <laughs> that came out, man. Like <laughs> I went deep, dude. Like, you know, I, I think I have like 900 Little Wayne songs in my, uh, oh, yeah. in my iTunes library, man. I used to just fucking ride for Little Wayne, dude. Um, but yeah, now it's, it's mostly country. As I've gotten older, I've gotten more into country, a lot of classic country mostly but there's a few modern uh, you know modern artists that i'm really into um so yeah country for me as well marco yeah right now nowadays i just usually pull up like the uh just like the like the hot 100 or like just like the pop list whatever's going on just like yeah. kind of going through nothing like a like a specific genre I'm, I'm with seth on that hardcore you know hip-hop rap fan um it, it's it still listen to it from time. Along, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. nowadays, like if you get older, and you listen to it. It's just like, nah. It's not like it's not, it's not like it's like this isn't music. This is noise. It's not like that type of thing. It's just like it's just like the you know the slang. The you know, what they're talking about isn't really like connecting with me nowadays. Yeah. So you know, you just try to find different things, and I kind of like looking for like alternative types of music as well, uh, just to so, like you know things that aren't mainstream. Um, that you you can kind of listen to before they become big anyway. So I'll, I'll probably say more alternative music than anything in all genres. Jordan? I mean, there's really nothing that I won't try to listen to. Um, as you Rassel. guys all said, like I was, I was really into hip hop music and rap and um, I've always been a rock fan too. I mean, I, I love going to those concerts and stuff. And then, Dude, I used to hate country like up until I was about, I don't know, 30 years old. And then I just I started to listen to some of it and I liked some of it. And then uh, Morgan Wallen, Hardy and all these new guys came out. And yeah, man, I, I love all those people now. So, yeah, I listen to everything. I think I think country definitely has the widest variance. But I tell yeah. people who like aren't necessarily into country like because I, I had a period where I hated country too. Right, like, I, I listened to country as a kid because I'm from Kentucky. That's what all my family listened to. Um, and then I got out of it for like really a long time, dude. I, I think like, like there's nothing better than good country music, right? Like it's just the best, like it's the authentic. Yeah. It's got, it's got like some roots in R and B and stuff. It's got some feeling in it. It sounds good. And there's nothing worse than bad country music, right? The worst music out there is shitty country music. And the best music is good country music. Like it's just got, you you got a wide freaking variance on, on the quality on it. Yeah. Agreed. All right, Kendon says, long-winded, but here it is. Y'all love MJF, right? I keep hearing he would wipe the floor with The Miz, but would he? Would MJF be as good on the mic in WWE without all the swearing, and would Miz be better on the outside of WWE where he could say literal F-bombs as much as he wants? Thoughts? So I do think on the mic, MJF is getting mine a lot of cheap heat, dude. I think mm-hmm. his in-ring, MJF, MJF's a beast, dude. I'll straight up say it, dude. As much as I've hated on him, he's a beast in the ring. In ring and kayfabe, he's kicking the Miz's ass, dude. Because Miz is like the worst in ring to me. He's like the most boring wrestler. Um, but on the mic, yeah, I think I think if you cut, if you take any restrictions off Miz, he could do the same shit MJF's doing on the on the on the mic. Um, yeah, and I don't know, man. Like I said, MJF's cool. He's obviously he's talented, right? Got all the talent in the world. But I feel like he is kind of getting by on some cheap heat with the shit he says on the mic. So I, I wonder where I, I just wonder what the shelf life is going to be for for his act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once we see it like over and over and over, it's going to be like, okay, dude. Any other thoughts on MJF, guys? Y'all agree with Seth Taker? Gotta. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I, awesome. I, yeah, I agree with that. All right, um, 
Chris Foreman, uh, he just gave a little bit of addition. He said, not really a question, but the bidding war of 2024 won't be realistic as a WWE MJF would be watered down and become a huge disappointment for fans. So clearly he, you know, agrees that WWE or MJF shouldn't go to WWE. Johnny JB, hypothetical question. Your child is 18 and they tell you they're going to go to wrestling school to pursue it. How would you feel about it? Me personally, I would support it, but I would um, I would still be scared of them permanently injuring themselves or becoming dependent on pain meds. Huh. I would ask what the um, age restriction is and if I could come along with. <laughs> yeah. Um, me, I would I would definitely be. Con- I mean, I would be concerned. I mean, I'm gonna you know try to help my children in whatever they want to pursue, um, and give them whatever you know, open whatever avenues I can to help them pursue their passions. If they wanted to be wrestlers, I would help them in whatever way mm-hmm. I could. But yeah, I feel like being a wrestler, like being at the very tippy tippy top of the wrestling world, is like you know that's like you know hardcore fame and all of that. But there's a lot of like the middle ground where it's like it's just a it's a you really got to be passionate about it. And it's like a rough road. You know, you're not making a ton of money. You're going to be working you're at working, Best Buy five days a week. And yeah. then traveling to some indie show. You're week. working yeah. your ass off, yes. hitting the road. And I respect all the guys that do that and do it for the love of the game. But again, it's just like, I feel like, you know, for me, I wouldn't discourage them, but I would just, you know, figure out what their, why they want to do it. And you know, what their long-term vision is for where it's going. And I would also kind of just put a little, like a a time limit on it. You know what I mean? Like how long are we going to be doing this before we decide like, Hey, this is not, this is not for me. Right. Yeah. So. All right. What? I I think if they're eight, I think if they're 18, (laughs) let them do it, man. Like freaking, you know, honestly, like I look back where I'm at, dude, I felt a ton of pressure at a team. That's why I joined the Navy, dude. Like I wasn't really feeling college the first semester I went to, but I felt like I had to do something and I ended up just joining the military, man, and and, and making a career out of that, dude. Like I feel like looking back, I realized how young 18 really was. Like when oh, yeah. I was 18, I felt a lot older than yeah. I was, man. I felt like I needed to do so with my life. If my kids are 18... Dude, fucking chase that crazy dream. Because if it flames out after a couple of years, you still got your whole life ahead of you. So yes, exactly. I would. I, being a, if you asked me this before, I was a parent. I would probably be a little bit more gun shy on it because you know the odds, the people we see on AEW and WWE. That's like Sheena said. That's the top one percent. Shout out to EC three um, of the wrestling <laughs> wow. industry. It's it's a very narrow path to make it to that, but. I would, I'm going to encourage my kids to chase whatever dream they have. Yeah. Um, as long as they're motivated for it, man. And, and, and I can support it. Oh, I 100% Agreed. feel that. I, I don't believe like, I, you know, you know me here. I am the conspiracy theorist. I believe like, you know, turning 18 and kicking your kids out of the house because they're, you know, quote unquote adults was just like the system's way of getting more workers and taxpayers into the system and, you know, breaking up families and, you know, Jeez. the whole nine yards. So like, here we go. So save trust it, me, trust it. me, save it for the show. Yeah. Save it for the conspiracy show. So trust me when I say like, yes, I'm not going to be like, you know, kids, you're 18, you're an adult. Like, you know, like, you have to get out there and make something of yourself. And if you're not something by the time you're 23, then, you know, you're a loser. Like I I hate that mentality. So yes, I totally agree. Like if you're 18 and you have some crazy, you know, big, hairy, scary dream that you want to chase, go for it. Wrestling, wrestling specifically, again, it's, it's dangerous for one, uh, which is where I'm coming from as like a parent. It's not that like, you know, they want to be a wrestler. It's just that there is a danger to it. There's a lifestyle to it that I just feel like is, is can go, sideways right you don't want your kid to be a corny fuck yeah i don't want my kid i don't want my kid you know to to be 
the way that some wrestlers turn out, right? Like as bad as that sounds. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to support my kids in whatever their passions are, but, uh, I think just cautiously supporting them, you know, I'm a mom. I'm always going to worry. Right. Jesus, That unfolded <laughs> from, would you support your kid going into wrestling to here? Here's what I'm going to do for my kids when they turn 18. I was like, Holy shit. I was just looking at it more big picture, dude. Like, yeah, he's asking about wrestling, but I'm thinking like any crazy dream they have, like if they yeah. want to go be a musician or actor yeah. or whatever. Dude, and like, Johnny's a parent. He's got some, he's got some, you know, older kids and stuff. Yeah. He's yeah. got teenagers, dude. So he's looking like down there's... the barrel at like, you know, what, what do we, what do I do when my uh, kids come to me and they say like, you know, I want to do this or I want to do that. Yeah. I, I have no regrets. I'm totally happy with how all the cards have unfolded for me. Like I said, I've ended up having a really successful career in the military, but I do think about like, maybe if I would have chased a dream to like, you know, be a sports writer or something else like that, like do something I was more passionate about instead of just making a good living. And like I said, I'm just going to encourage my kids to do something they want to do. So they have just a nice fulfilling life, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm here for that. Brett Sharrow. What are your thoughts on MJ? Brett, also, before we get into the question, dude, Brett's been a, he's a newer member in the Foley fam, dude. Super contributor on all the conversations and stuff. Yeah. So Brett, always, always, uh, you know, I'm excited anytime I see a little comment pop up because he's really good at kind of sparking the conversation. Well, this, this first question, we've already kind of touched on it, but I'm going to read it because I know you guys will enjoy it. Uh, he says, what are your thoughts on MJF and why is he mid? <laughs> so, yeah, he's just, he's whatever, geez. dude. Like, I, he's slowly creeping up. He's leveled up after the last Sunday, but I've, I don't know, Prior to that, yeah, it was just kind of yeah, like he's, he's whatever, dude. The look, the looks, like, eh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, he's the, just me. Like I said he's a seven, dude. MJF's a seven. Yeah, I will say the the match, the the um, Iron Man match would have been elevated if one of those mofos would have worn some pants. The like, trunks aren't a main event look. A, do, a double trunk match for in, Hogan's in a, the only in a spot that big was just like, trunks, you know. Yeah. I mean, you, you obviously you got like you know Rock Austin, you know they're they're trunkers, but uh, I just I, I feel like <laughs> they're straight up black trunks though, dude. Like true the design trunks and stuff. Yeah. yeah, just go with the pants, dude. Pants make you look like a main eventer. Yeah. So uh, Brett hit us with another question though. He said, "With the blood and guts dog collar two pack going up for pre order, do you guys think AEW is just cool with putting out punk merch still, or do you think they will do business again in the future? I'm hoping for a return if everyone can get along and do business. Really hoping we will see Supreme and Luminaries in the future." too we mm. kind of touched on this about about punk and seth's convinced he's he's coming back he's but back. yeah they, i can't imagine back. they'd be still be putting out merch if, yeah, uh, you know, i don't the know they put out cody merch after he left right they put out the supreme after cody had already well, that was already made yeah the supreme was already done i think uh but we've but yeah. seen w we've seen mattel scrap stuff because yeah. people got you know well let it's the go. they've also released they released bray wyatt and adam cole figures oh yeah after they released yeah they uh but yeah i think if, if cm punk was gone he would have been gone by now Yep. All right. The the other uh, the Hall of Fame friend Tony Barker says, uh, "What was the first ever wrestling event that you ever attended, and what stood out about that night?" Oh man! Uh, throw it to Seth first. Uh, so the first show I attended was right here in uh, Memphis, WWF House Show at the Mid South Coliseum, and the main event I talked about this before was Rhythm and Blues, Craig Valentine and Honky Tonk Man going against the Heart Foundation. And we had front row seats. Like I said, looking back now, man, I've just, you know, I have so much love for my parents for splurging for the front row seats. We were right there front row. And even though we didn't get him, I just remember being so excited at the possibility of getting Bret Hart sunglasses. Like he was already my, he wasn't necessarily my favorite back then, but I definitely already picked him out. I was like, dude, this guy is like the coolest man. Like I really like this Bret Hart guy. And I remember me and my dad made a Hart Foundation sign. We got a hot pink poster board 
and we actually went and bought some stencils so we could make it look really nice and neat. <laughs> you know, looking back, I'm like, you know, Dad, could you not have like any kind of like fucking artistic ability? We could do like some fucking, <laughs> yeah. you know, write something cool with a, uh, you know, a sharpie or something. But no, my dad went and got fucking stencils, and we spray painted our fucking heart foundation sign. Oh, your dad so, loves a good can of spray paint. Dude. Yeah, so we we did we did straight up fucking like you know military issue fucking stencils, dude, for the fucking <laughs> our wrestling sign. Um, and like I said. As a parent now, I understand how much effort that would take to go and find some stencils to do the stupid side yeah. for this wrestling show. And it was just a blast, man. That's that's the only match I remember. I need to go back and look up that card to see what else was on that show. But the, I, I remember that main event being Rhythm and Blues against Heart Foundation. And, uh, you know, it was right here in Memphis, so it would come full circle. Marco, what was your first ever wrestling event? Man, <clears throat> I'm not sure if it was my first one because there was definitely some ones I went to before, and I had to. I actually see this question. I had to go look it up because I could not remember. But it was a uh, WWF. Um, 19, it was in 1991, uh, May. I think, I think I found it was like May 18th. Um, I still have like the flyer somewhere um, in my in my storage stuff. I have to go look for it. But uh, it was the it was the main event wasn't. Uh, what I thought it was, but it, it, nonetheless, it was a match. Uh, the main event was Legion of Doom uh, facing the uh, Nasty Boys, uh, and nice. it, it shows that it ended in double disqualification. But one Nasty match Boys I did would have been tag team champs at that time. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, the the Nasty right Boys were WrestleMania Seven. Um, also, I'll actually just run down the card. So Greg Valentine and uh, Demolition Smash was was the opener it looked like Colonel wow. Mustafa and Jim Duggan uh Earthquake J- and Jake Roberts uh okay Bret Hart and Barbarian Kerry Von Erich uh and the Warlord uh IRS and Jimmy Snuka and then this is what I remember as the main event which they're actually releasing a figure of uh coming out actually late March I think on ringside uh WWF world champion Hulk Hogan Versus Sergeant Slaughter in a Desert Storm match. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, because it that the mask that that figure that's coming out that it's summer basically slam. like a no day no DQ match, but they had like some military paraphernalia. Yeah, it was like literally just a, yeah, it was like a no DQ match. That's all it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it, that figure that's coming out. So definitely yeah, that cool figure is definitely a purchase for me because uh, it's it's something I was in attendance for or one of the I was doing some research. It was one of the eighteen cities that they did this match in. Uh, at that time, so they did it pretty much that whole year. Uh, that match in different different markets. So, yeah, pretty awesome. Jordan, uh, mine was, I think, uh, if I recall right, it was September. It was definitely 1992, and I think it was September. It was in Omaha at Civic Auditorium, um, and the main event was Ultimate Warrior and Kamala. Um, that was the main reason I went to it because it was advertised as that. So that I, I wanted to see ultimate warrior live and it didn't disappoint. Um, the only other match that I so remember that, on that had to be one of the warriors last matches before he got a uh, release for that. Like, yeah, period. yeah, dude, it was, it was pretty close to the end of it. The the match I remember most on that though, is uh boss man wrestled nails on that card. Um, boss man. <laughs> and I just remember it ended a disqualification. I can't remember what exactly happened, but I mean, it was just a, Obviously, probably a shitty heel move to get disqualified. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I loved wrestling growing up and getting to see the Ultimate Warrior in my hometown was special. So, 
So we all three had kind of first shows right there in the early 90s, same time period. Sheena's got us blown away for her first wrestling show. Sheena, tell us yeah, what's it, your first ever oh live boy. wrestling in true was. In true recent retro fashion, um, I my first wrestling show was NXT at San Jose during WrestleMania 31 weekend. This was before, so it was untelevised. It was before it was NXT TakeOver or anything of the this like, right? This event's been nicknamed the Untakeover, yeah. also referred to as the greatest house show of all time. Yeah, and... <laughs> It third was row. yeah, third row, which Talk was even better. Spoiled. Yeah, wow. spoiled, spoiled me forever. Like I'm like, you know, how am I ever going to sit up in the nosebleeds? You know, that show <laughs> like, was insane. So the show, the show was absolutely insane. Um, a couple of things that really stood out to me. One, we were sitting like right beside freaking Wale. Like he was like literally like you know ten seats over from us, like right across. And I was just like, wow, there's like freaking celebrities just like hanging out like right here at ringside. So that was pretty cool. And um, the ring, I remember when I first walked in, seeing the ring for the first time, how small it's like it looked, dude. It I was just like, wow, dude. Like I've been watching wrestling all these years. And then finally seeing the ring like in, up close and in person, I was like, this mofo is tiny. And the WWE <laughs> ring is actually bigger than most like standard. It's bigger than like a standard ring. Yeah. yeah. Um, also that night, it was really cool because Triple H came out. So this is like at um, what... Uh, what venue was it at? It was, it at, was at San Jose State University's like basketball. Yeah, yeah, so it was a pretty small little venue. I think and maybe maybe five thousand people. Yeah, 5, yeah and the show people. was so hot, and the and the audience was so hot that Triple H decided to like extend the show and like keep it going, dude. Like it went it went over time, um, and the, you know, obviously it wasn't televised, so it didn't matter. So we they just the first, kept it. the only ever Finn Balor non televised demon. Entrance. Oh yeah, we got to see the demon entrance that night. So it's yeah, the only time he's done it, it wasn't on TV. Yeah, it sold. It was sold out. Uh, it was cool, and we were standing in line. They were handing out Red Bull. Like I just remember that night was like so just epic man everything about it was awesome um and it definitely got me fired up to go to go see mania so yeah that was my first wrestling show definitely spoiled uh we saw charlotte and sasha yeah Finn and neville was the main event rhino came back we got to see a tommy do the, we got to mm-hmm. see a tommy do the baron go to corbin. sleep he fought baron corbin didn't he yeah. no baron corbin i thought he fought, fought rhino bull dimpsey oh yeah, he oh, fought yeah bull dimpsey. Right. you're right you're right we saw that awesome tag team triple threat too with the vaude villains the Vod against villains. enzo and Cass and blake and murphy mm-hmm. with alexa bliss managing them yeah, yeah. Was, that was a banger and bailey show. we got to see bailey's hometown who uh callisto i think did, who, who oh callisto fought, fought? He maybe fight he fought baron, baron corbin, corbin. Yeah. yeah i remember seeing callisto just being super impressed by callisto also yeah so that was that was an epic uh an epic night for my for my first uh wrestling show so Hall of Fame Tony Barker hits us with, with the rise of more mainstream music being used in wrestling, if you could pick a song for a wrestler to enter t- uh, enter the arena to, what would you pick and for who? I'm going to toss this to uh, Marco as a music fanatic. Who, oh, uh, man. I don't even know. This, this I got one. one. Come on, Marco. Yeah, actually, you, can't, you, go, you can't drop you go the ball on me. Okay, got, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a second to think, Marco. Hey, hold on one second while we're thinking uh, Jason Jordan wrestled Bull Dempsey that night. Baron Corbin okay. did wrestle Rhino. Who did okay. Callisto fight? Uh, Callisto fought. Oh, good lord! Who was it, dude? I, uh, I took pictures Solomon that whole night. Crow. Dude. Was... Oh, oh yeah, Solomon Crow. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what's your uh, real world uh, music? Oh, it's uh, Matt Riddle because I got high. <laughs> That would be good. That's that's your entrance. That's got some sing-along potential. That does got sing-along potential. (laughs) 
I, I go to, we've already seen it before, man. Even though he has an iconic theme regularly, I think Brock with Inter Sandman. I knew you USC were going to say Inter Sandman, dude. Would just, you know, Brock coming out to Inter Sandman at WrestleMania for a big match would just be fucking crazy. I was associated Marco, with that with the Sandman, though. It's, it's yeah, really hard true. to picture somebody else. We have else. seen Yeah, fair point. Man. And Virginia Tech. Don't they use uh, yep. Inner Sandman? Virginia Tech uses Inner Sandman. Mariana Rivera. Popular popular tune. Yeah, it's an iconic song, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, dang, that's hard. There's a, there's a... I mean, this is probably a super obscure song that nobody knows. Um, it's a it's a song called "My Demons" by Starset. It has like a it, it almost you can almost use it for like a promo video too if you wanted if you wanted to. But uh, definitely check that out, listen to it, uh, see what you think. So, "My Demons" from Starset. It's a good it's a good entrance for Finn. Plot, I think. Uh, for Finn, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes right. sense, right? Yeah, I mean, I always see his... I don't know, he's I mean, not really the demon anymore, but, you know. I, I wish... Back, yeah. When he brings no, it back, it's going to be crazy. No, it's coming back. I think it's coming back at media. Yeah. I'm not sure how they're going to do it, but, uh, yeah, I think I always see his... When, every time I listen to it, if I could do, like, promo videos, I would definitely, like, edit some things around the... Uh, around that song, because it's... I think it, Biscuit it My Way is by far the... Uh, yeah. The best promo video package of all time. Austin, yeah. Like yeah. you said, that's when it, that's when WrestleMania peaked. I'm telling you guys, <laughs> that's true. That, that <laughs> promo video, it was, all, it was all downhill from there. Uh, Johnny JB again hits us with. Uh, he said, "It's not a question, but a comment." I love this podcast. It's so organic, and y'all have a great chemistry, and it makes me look forward to the newest episodes. The Major Bros and y'all are legitimately my two favorite podcasts. Keep up the great work. Thanks, wow. man. We oh, really thanks, appreciate you, that. Man. Thank you. Yeah. I've never, you know, we're coming up. I'm coming up on almost three years on the show. Uh, you know, you and Marco have been doing it even longer, and still to this day, dude. I, I, I've said it before. We never. I'm speaking for all of us here. We never take for granted when you guys listen to the show, man. There's at this point in time in 2023, you have basically every movie or TV show that's ever come out. You have that as an option to mm-hmm. to watch. You have thousands and thousands of podcasts every music all the music's are been out as at your fingertips for folks to to decide to spend you know an hour and a half two hours with us every week um you know like i said humbled by it we never take it for granted we appreciate you guys and we just always want to give you guys something to, to laugh something to think about and uh yeah just thank you guys retweet um sambro says are you guys fans of sushi Hell yeah, dude! Yes, you could you could back a tractor trailer. There, there's full being of sushi. a fan of sushi, and then there's what we are, dude. Yeah, like, yeah, we we love sushi, man. That's definitely one thing that sucks about living in West Tennessee. Um, sushi limit, sushi options are limited. Yeah, there's a, there's a ton of decent options, but there's nothing you can like get your fix. Exquisite, dude. And, yeah, and yeah. we we just got spoiled living in Hawaii. One of the most expensive meals I've ever eaten in my life was sushi. Um, we so, I don't I can't remember. Did we talk about this on the show before? Sushi sure it's come up sometime. Yeah. So uh, for it was our anniversary or my birthday or something. Some, it was our nine year anniversary, 2016, and yeah, this is a straight up like it's in. You would never know it from the outside. It's in kind. Of, it's not like a rundown part, but it's in like a busy, like homely part of like downtown. It would like be Honolulu. like walking down like a like a alley between two buildings. Yeah, and this is a straight up hole in the wall. It, it's called Sushi Sasabuni. From the outside, it looks like nothing. It looks like a dive bar, but you go inside and it's super nice. And it's like this Japanese style sushi bar. You got to make reservations. They basically have eight seats every night, and that's it. That's the people that get to eat there. 
and it's just the most exquisite sushi you've ever had. You don't, you don't, you don't order. even order. You they just, just present you food. Yeah. They start presenting it. But like the waiters, like, you know, they know exactly where the fish was caught from, how it was prepared. Like it was just, and they're making it, it right excellent. there in front of you. It's just like, oh yeah, it was, it was amazing. And you know, it was great because you just, you know, you keep, you keep going until you tell them to, to stop. They'll keep, they'll keep feeding you, you know, whatever, whatever their next, you know, invention is. Um, but yeah, I, it was just, it, it was sad because after you get done with one bite, you're just like, damn, I could eat a whole plate of that, you know, and then you're on to the next thing. So, uh, but yeah, it was, it was an exquisite experience. We did. In, one thing I would encourage people, man, like you could probably make sushi better at home than what you're getting at like the supermarket or whatever. Yeah. We found a place, it just look, whatever, and it's available in more cities than you think. Just look, whatever city you're in, look for some place that you can get sashimi grade fish and then just find a recipe for poke and you can make your own. That's what we did it's when we got easy. to Virginia. Cause yeah. we tried a couple places in Virginia, a couple of sushi spots and it just didn't quite live up to our expectations. Too basic for our blood. Yeah. And we found a place, we found a really good market that sold sashimi grade tuna and salmon. And you know, Sheena's a beast in the kitchen. She would just make her own poke bowls and it was fucking awesome. So yeah, yeah we, look- we would have what we call poke fest, which is like, you know, 20 different types of poke basically. And yeah, yeah. don't feel like you got to live close to the coast. Like the dirty secret on sushi, almost all the sushi all you frozen. eat, even the stuff that says it's fresh, it's almost always frozen before you get it. Just yeah. cause that's the way you like preserve the fish and stuff. So just look in whatever city you're in, try to find sashimi grade fish. We need to do it in Tennessee. We haven't found it yet, but yeah. it, that can maybe be something we could do when uh, when Jordan and Ari get here. That'd be a nice meal for us. Do you got you guys like uh, sushi, Jordan and Ari, or Jordan? I guess I'm not speaking to Ari, but Jordan. Oh uh, yes, I mean we've talked about this before. That's our New Year's Eve meal every year. Like we, oh, we yeah, absolutely love right. sushi. Marco, sushi fanatic. Oh, of course. We yeah we we spoke about this. I think we spoke about this not on the show but off the show. Kim like it too, or every- just you? What is it? Does Kim like it as well? Oh yeah, of course. No, we're, we're, we're fanatics when it comes to uh, there's a there's a sushi place near us that uh, it's a all you can eat pretty much. Oh, and they just you just yeah. pay as as it's not like a super fancy like you pay like eight hundred dollars or anything like that. But it's basically like you you pay like a, a set amount and they just bring out as much as you could eat, but you have to finish it. That's it. Oh yeah. Well, in Hawaii they had, they had like conveyor belt sushi. Like, sushi. Yeah. You could just like go. You get, so they had, it was conveyor belt, but then also they had a setup where you basically you got a tablet when you got there and you could put in like what piece of sushi you wanted and they'd have a little remote control car would bring you out the sushi. You yeah. Wanted, it was cool. wild, dude. Yeah, yeah. So there was conveyor belt. So you could just grab whatever you wanted, but yeah, if you wanted a specialty roll, you just put it on the little iPad dude and it would, it would bring it out. Our son is a huge sushi fan, which is, I just love that so much. You know, like most kids wouldn't eat sushi. I know. But I wish we would. He would have been old enough to experience the remote control car sushi in Hawaii. Yeah, he, he would, would just be fucking ecstatic. He would. He would have loved that. But uh, yeah, sushi, sushi all around. It's the best Chick-fil-A meal in the world, show. man. It's the best thing you can eat. Yeah, Brian Vermeer, eliminate one from history, wrestling edition. Hulk Hogan, Dusty Rhodes, Steve Austin. Everything <laughs> they did in and out of the ring. Is a race from history. I'm sure he'll probably want some of the stuff he did out of the ring a race from history, but <laughs> I gotta go dusty, dude. I feel like even though he had a huge impact with all the training he did NXT. at NXT in his later years, I just feel I, I'm going off the in-ring moments, dude. I didn't see none of the stuff that happened at NXT. Even as big of an impact as he had, I didn't see it. And I just couldn't imagine I saw I saw it in the tears of all the talent when Dusty wow. when Dusty Rhodes passed. I, I could imagine still enjoying wrestling the same way without some of the cool in-ring moments Dusty Rhodes had. I couldn't imagine wrestling without some of the moments we've gotten from Hulk and Austin. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. 
True. What about what about you guys? Even though Hulk is a racist piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm Allegedly. never going to let that slide. Yeah. I mean, Hulk Hogan is in my favorite match ever and the match that got me into wrestling. So obviously I can't eliminate him. So, and I'm definitely not eliminating Austin. So, I mean, the yeah. only logical Sorry, choice Dusty. here is Dusty. I love Dusty, yeah. but. We love Dusty. I would say outside of the ring, Dusty's probably been the most significant, even though mm-hmm. I love Steve Austin's podcast, but. Hulk and Austin just had so many iconic moments in the ring. You can't, you can't get yeah. rid of those. Both, yeah, it's both, hard. both Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin are like they're beyond wrestling because they're just like cultural phenomena. Yeah, that's you know like what I mean? twelve fucking WrestleMania main events wiped off the fucking map. If yeah, you get rid of them. yeah. Whereas like the most significant thing <laughs> Dusty ever did in WrestleMania was a goddamn mixed tag with Sapphire. Well, you can go. Hey, that was that was a fun <laughs> wow. match. It was a fun uh, match, but still, you can. Uh, but I mean, yeah, you can go up to any like non wrestling fan and ask who Hulk Hogan or Steve Austin is, and they're gonna know. But you yeah. know, Dusty Rhodes is gonna be hit or miss. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any. And beef with if that. we eliminated everything Dusty Rhodes has done in or out of the ring, we wouldn't have, have Cody Rhodes Cody in the main event this Son year. Son of a gun. We would get our Seth Rollins or Jay Uso against Roman main event. Speaking of Cody Rhodes and Dusty Rhodes, I heard a conspiracy theory since we were talking about that that uh-huh. uh, that Cody Rhodes is actually. Dustin's son, and he didn't. He had him when he was a teenager, and he didn't want. Uh, he didn't want him to have to So Dusty, I'm If you guys wanted to speak on this, I apologize. I'm calling fucking veto, dude. We're not even. <laughs> we're not even going to acknowledge. No. Said this. I, I may end up editing this out of this, the fucking. Yeah, it was the first, first, That's first time in fucking Chick Fil A show history something gets it's, edited out of the show. Yeah, it's, that's fucking. It's just, not. How is it gross to somebody that they adopted the? Keep moving. What's the next question? He wanted him to have we, a good we life. Need, dude. We don't need to hear about fucking Dustin Rhodes' brother son. Dude, so let's go. Next so question. So you say that was a act like. Next. No. Act like that was a father son. There's a father son match at Double or Nothing. Yeah. That's weird. Next, dude. Uh, Dad, I need say, you. I need a partner <laughs> like you. Really good. I don't need a tag team partner. I don't need my brother. I need my dad. <laughs> I don't need my brother. I need my dad. Blood and guts yeah, match dude. has a whole new meaning now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, let's go. Sam Bro, <laughs> Seth Phelps, can you explain to people why the Army is better than the Navy? It's Ooh. not, dude. Like, the <laughs> Army, like, your life sucks, dude. You're living in a tent. You're getting shot at. You're getting yelled at. Like, the Navy's cushy, dude. Way, way to be a good recruitment for the Army. Yeah, join the Navy, not the Army. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Sambro, what is? But I will say, if anybody that served, hats off to you, dude. That's oh a, yeah, we we step. respect yeah. all of our military uh, brethren, veterans. Yeah, all I of just, us. I, I'm very. I, and I actually, I was originally. You wanted gonna, to be a Marine. I was going to join the Marines, man. Luckily, like Sheena and my parents and grandparents basically had like intervention. a fucking intervention with me to get me to go either Navy or Air Force. So thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Sambro, what is each of your hottest hot takes? Oh, I don't know. I have, oh man, I feel like I have a lot of hot takes. Oh man. Seth, do you have any scorchers? I still say AEW is going to be out of business within five years. I don't think they're making money right now. I don't think they're profitable. And I think eventually either TK gets bored or his daddy gets tired of cashing the checks. And like, I still say, dude, within. By, by the year 2030, AEW exists as a category on the WWE Network on Peacock. <laughs> wow, geez. I don't think it's anything about the quality. I still like AEW a ton. I just don't think they're making money, man. There's no way they are, dude, with the yeah. 
the amount of people watching and just off pay-per-view, they're not even doing house shows. Like I just, there's just no way they're profitable with that roster well, the, and, and what the audience is right now. Are they doing house shows soon? Yeah. The first one's they coming said up. They were, they said they were, and that, that should help, but I'm just still looking at the amount of people signed and the money we know they're probably getting. I just don't yeah. think, I, like I said, I don't think they're profitable. It's private. So we don't know, but me looking at it from what, you know, what little bit I know about the wrestling industry, I don't think they're making money. And eventually, either somebody's going to get bored or they're going to get tired of losing every year on this. So that's my hot take. AEW eventually huh. goes under, no matter. And that's totally that's totally disconnected from the actual creative quality of the product. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Jordan, you got a hot take? Do you really want me to give mine? Oh, yeah. Go for it, dude. Yeah. Shoot uh, your shot, cowboy. Shoot your shot. Uh, this is going to get edited out. Roman Reigns is a mid-wrestler with top tier... Uh, oh backing. my god he is oh dude my god. I'm, wow. I'm gonna I, dude he is the most mid wrestler you cannot convince me that he's not like yes I the mean, presentation what are, you, what are you talking is about are you talking about like his technical skills just in ring ability it's just it's yeah, not for I mean, me yeah man. he's probably like a 6.5 in ring yeah like, that's I mean it, I mean he doesn't do that I mean he what but he doesn't have to dude I've put him in like the the Hulk Hogan category dude like all he needs is his Superman punch and, and his spear. I mean, he's Hulk Hogan he's is not a good defense acne, because Hulk Hogan is a shitty wrestler. Like that's not a good defense at all. Like I, just, I think Hulk could wrestle. Look at his stuff in New Japan. Yeah, watch like Muda, Japan dude. He just didn't too. have to. Yeah. If, if you don't have to do a fucking super duper double looper tope suicida, then why do it, man? Roman doesn't have to do that shit, dude. He's getting by off the acting ability and the. Uh, the presence and the story and stuff, dude. I, I mean, like, I agree, dude. I think he's like a six point. Like I said, I think he's a six point five on in ring ability. I would like to also point out that Roman didn't go into quote unquote God mode until he took his shirt off, and I kept telling you guys that, and you kept making fun of me. So <laughs> oh, yes. I would like oh, to point God. out that, that is, Jordan yes, Wells dude. called wow. that, and you guys I kept making fun of me. Yeah. I had that I had that stored away way back in the in memory. In 2015, days, yeah, Jordan was saying Roman needed to take the fucking vest off to, and we, to we, ascend we to main event status. And we were like, dude, about no, that. man, what does it matter, dude? Well, you just want to see Roman shirtless, dude. Yeah. yeah, you were right on that, dude. But no, I, I mean, I guess if we're talking in-ring, yeah, I'd say he's, I'm not going to say mid. I think he's slightly above mid on in-ring ability, but. I think he's it's it's everything else that Roman does that, that yeah. carries the weight for him. Oh, what man. about Marco? We didn't get Marco. Marco's, I, think. He had a, I don't uh, I don't know how to follow that. Yeah, I don't know. How to, yeah, I don't think I have any uh, any crazy takes like that. That's uh, yeah, those are two scorpions. Right there. <laughs> a AW going out of business and Roman Reigns a shit wrestler. And Roman, Re- yeah, Roman Reigns is a shit wrestler. <laughs> where, where can we where can we go from there? You um, did say hot takes. Oh, no, oh, man. Yeah, I'll have to come. I'll have to come up with mine, and I'll 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 follow up with you guys next week. Because I'm trying to think. Like, I don't know if I have any. Like, I feel like I always have like zingers on the show that you always got. You guys are always like, "What the hell are you talking about?" But yeah, as far as just like an overall hot take, I don't have anything. Um, Tyson Neil Trevino, the Pod Foundation's number one fan, says, "Who are your celebrity crushes or crush or crushes?" We Marco, you got a celebrity me. crush? Why, why, why you throw it to me so fast? Um, I just want to. I, 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 I want to hear what you got to say. I don't know. Uh, Come on, I, I, what, I mean, I'll who, tell you this. Was, you, even it doesn't have to be modern. Who was your like childhood celebrity crush? Uh, probably Elizabeth Shue. 
From, uh, oh, yeah, you have said that before. Yeah, I did. Yeah, the, and my Elizabeth wife hates me too because she wants me to like. And Sheena so, said like, that exact thing. Like, who the hell's Elizabeth Shue? Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't be. It was Adventures in Babysitting, right? The oh. boys. Yeah. If you watch the boys now, she's. On, I mean, is she yeah. still on it? I don't even. I haven't watched. Yeah, any she's of still on newer it. seasons, but yeah, yeah, like, she, she's, yeah she's a she's a high karate kid. Uh, the first Karate Kid, anyway, not this. The oh, I thought one. you were saying the Karate Kid was one of your crushes. Oh, no, no, no. oh yeah, 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 Ralph Macchio. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Sod, wax on, wax off. I'm more, I'm more of a, I'm more of a Johnny guy. I'm not a uh, yeah. You, know, you like you like you like, bad, I like the bad boys. I don't like yeah, the, you like uh, the blondes. It's okay. I don't like the cuties, the cutie kids. I like the bad boys with blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. Early, early childhood or celebrity crushes. I always had a thing for, uh, you know, JTT, obviously. Devin Sawa. Something about the bowl cut and the little split. I just thought, I was like, man, Casper's got it going on, dude. You know, um, modern day celebrity crush. I would have to say like Ricky Gervais. I just think he's like. Uh, Ricky Gervais? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I don't feel the least bit like fucking intimidated or insulted by that. Like, I feel like I'm fucking, oh, uh, you man. know, obviously he's rich, dude, but I feel like, you know, I have to, I'm, I mean, I'm getting some over him, dude. Like if it's me and him competing for a piece of Listen, ass, I feel like I'm no, winning Ricky, that. Ricky Gervais, Ricky Gervais is one of the funniest people. I absolutely love him. Or I guess, you know, uh, Michael Scott would be a, a good <laughs> celebrity crush too. But if I'm going to, if I'm just going straight, like, you know, God mode, it's gotta be Jason Momoa, right? I mean, it's like the, do you feel intimidated by Jason Momoa? I mean, you know, yeah, Jason Momoa is a handsome guy. I was actually, yeah, there's, there's actually a video. Steve Carell and, and Steve Ricky Carell and, Gervais. Imagine yeah. getting left for Ricky Gervais. <laughs> so, so, you know, you know, you never recovered from that. You know, you know what's yeah. funny? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, Seth, you know what? You don't have to, my wife, you don't have to compete with, I mean, you have to compete with Ricky Gervais, but I have to compete with Ryan Reynolds. That's oh, her. Yeah. That's her. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, the Ryan can't win. Guy. The can't disgusting win. The guy, funny voice. as hell. It's, <laughs> seems like a nice guy. <laughs> the disgusting Seth's voice. He's like, Ricky, Ricky Gervais. Gervais. I could just like picture his face. And like it's all scrunched. <laughs> It was scrunched. There was there was definitely a scrunch. Like, it was. Uh, <laughs> take you out to a restaurant, and tell you some jokes. Who are you, Sinbad? No, it's funny. Uh, she just kind of inadvertently saying oh. Roman Reigns too, because he did. Uh, Jason Momoa did a video uh, uh, interview, oh, yeah. um, and he actually said they're like, "Oh, do you, you get confused with?" Uh, he was like, "Oh yeah, people confuse uh, Roman Reigns all the time." Uh, oh, Ro- Roman, Reigns- Roman Reigns is a beautiful man too. Let's not let's not you know beat around beat around the bush. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, is looks looks fade, dude. Personality, humor, like you know, intelligence, all of that stuff is you know that's the stuff that keeps you in a relationship long term. That's what I'm that's, that's the people you want to that's, that's the people you want to grow old with, right? Like I, I, I mean, Jason Momoa is awesome, but you know, I don't, you know, I don't know how funny he is. You know, no, did you ask me, Jordan? You'll appreciate. Wait, hold up. Before you go to Jordan, oh, mine is uh, uh, she know who you'd appreciate. Lisa Vanderpump. She's a good oh, morning day. Oh, yeah. She's a good morning so day. Bro. You got to knock the cobwebs she, off that. <laughs> Lisa, Lisa, no. I bet Lisa Jordan, or Marco's going for the old one, man. You got Elizabeth Shue, which, dude, you know, she's. Yeah, she's got lots of money. Lots she has a bunch of, of restaurants like, they like, could eat at. Like real money. Yeah. Like, you know, a yeah. lot of the housewives just got like, you know, fake monopoly money that their husbands are like laundering through a bunch of shit. Like Lisa Vanderpump has legit money. 
Yeah. So, so far we got we got Ricky Gervais, Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> get it, get us back on track, Jordan. I mean, you guys already know one of mine is Trish. Like that's always oh, gonna be my crush. Are we going to out of wrestling on this? Oh, I mean, oh, a celebrity. celebrity. And yeah, then my my other one, and it, it doesn't it's not as much now, but Rihanna was always like one of the sexiest women ever to me. <laughs> I don't know why I was not expecting Rihanna. To come out, dude. Yeah. Or Ricky Gervais. You weren't expecting either. Yeah. yeah. A lot of unexpected terms. Thanks for that question. TNT. We've Thank discovered you, a lot about race. each other tonight. I would go, I'd probably go Becky Lynch, dude. If I'm like, uh, mm. well, what are we saying? Are we, are we talking like one night stand or like relationship? The celebrity crush. Celebrity crush. I got two, man. I would go. These aren't necessarily who I think are the absolute hottest, but I would say <laughs> Becky Lynch and Zoe De Chanel. I think both of those are just enchanting, and you know, it'd be nice to get to know them a little bit better. Why? Nice. I mean, no. <laughs> it's, not, it's no Ricky Gervais. Yeah, it's no Ricky Gervais. I mean, we, we've heard we, we've heard we've heard Becky's jokes; they don't compare. Okay, I like Zoe De Chanel as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've New always I've always been attracted show. to her, dude. Yeah, Becky, you know, I still I regret, dude. When we went to WrestleMania 33, I was like four feet away from her, and just like I don't know if it was like laziness or nervousness or she what. Like shot, I should have asked for like an autograph or a picture or something, dude. Because she was yeah, right she there. She was right there. Is that, is that, I was just like, yeah, let's go check out the superstore. Was that a lunch of blaze? <laughs> a lunch of blaze isn't one of yours crushes either. She, I think if it was a relationship or a one night stand, you know, I feel like she's more of like a, a, a one night kind of thing. Cause I've heard her talk. <laughs> I don't know if the personality is really there, even though, you know, she's still pretty hot for, for a, uh, you know, more mature lady. going to be knocking the dust off that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what have we done? Brett Sharrow hit us with another one. He says, as someone who never grew up liking Brett Hart and thinking he was boring, Jesus. I've grown up. Listen, listen, nice hold on. No, 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 no. No, let me finish the question. Okay. All right. Let me, let me, re- let me give them the lowdown, Brett. And his name's Brett. Yeah. He's Brett with two T's though. It's, okay. it's different. Um, as someone who never grew up liking Bret Hart and thinking he was boring, I've grown up to appreciate his style a lot more. Okay. And, um, but I'm still not super familiar with his work. What are his top three matches you would recommend I go back and watch? So Seth, since you were, you know, immediately giving him heat. I for- would watch, um, I would watch SummerSlam 92 against Davey Boy Smith, the British Bulldog main event for the Intercontinental Championship technical masterpiece. I'd watch WrestleMania 13 against Steve Austin. That's where you get to see Brett Brawl a little bit. And then um, it's kind of like something in between. I'd go SummerSlam 94, Steel Cage match against Owen Hart for the World Championship. I think that's probably, I don't know if that's the three absolute best, but if I was just, if you were only going to watch three Brett matches, that'd probably be the three to go to. Those are bangers. Jordan or Marco, either of you got an additional. Brett, uh, Brett Hart match that you love. I was just about to say this. This was setting up to be like the five worst minutes of Seth's podcasting life. Sheena said you she would leave you for Ricky Gervais, <laughs> and then somebody called Brett Hart boring. I was like, Seth's gonna have a full on meltdown. That's the best, dude. Like Brett's. I mean, dude, to me, like it's Brett and Sean. That's it. Man. But I think you know, by, as a kid growing up watching wrestling, there's all these exciting characters and all these like you know mm. cool gimmicks and stuff. And Brett's a cool guy, but he just he's not. Like you know, I think a lot of people are looking for yeah. toyetic, you know, yeah. characters he and like you know, toyetic. over the top gimmick. He is toyetic, but not in the same way that like freaking it's like a warrior. Or, exactly. You know, yes. Exactly. Like or a like warrior. Or like, 
that type of thing. I don't know, man. I feel like Brett was the most compelling character. You, he was the one that it felt like a fight every time he was in there, dude. Like nobody's nobody's <clears throat> denying that. I'm trying. I'm defending Brett's childhood perspective. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was fucking six years old when I started liking Brett Hart, dude. So. Well, I mean, I don't know, dude. I, I just feel like Brett's always just been, it's just been something different about him, dude. Brett, and, and I'll put Sean on that level too. Uh, uh, Sean Michaels, you know, he was fucking awesome also, dude, all the way up to that, man. True, yeah. but even Sean, even Sean had like more flair about him than, than Brett. Like, I'm not, I'm not, so you when know, Brett me, Hart I love- won the Intercontinental Championship, Brett Hart's first solo pay per view match, he came to the ring in a pink leather jacket, dude. I don't. I feel like Brett, for just because he's not screaming on his promos, gets undersold for how much flair he had. A hot pink fucking leather jacket is what he wore to the ring. His first. He always looked. He always looked cool, dude. But I mean, you know, Sean had freaking. Sean had like mirrors hanging from his balls and stuff. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, Brett was walking fucking neon chrome sunglasses, dude. Like I don't know. I don't know where this Brett is boring narrative comes from. Dude. Oh my like, god, he was that's never funny. fucking boring. I I I don't think Brett is boring. And he was I'm a like, good promo, dude. Just because he wasn't screaming, I felt like Brett always cut good interviews, man. He he did, dude. He he said meaningful stuff. I I agree with you. I'm just you know I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. Uh, but Randy, or, uh, but Brett, check those matches out. Uh, Randy, if you had to pick, Randy Smith says if you had to pick one food to eat and you would never gain weight. What would it be? Mine's going to be ice cream, bro. I, I, cause I could, I dude, I could annihilate just on the, on the opposite end of sushi. Like sushi's like that food that you can just like a lifetime food that you will never get tired of. Ice cream is the other one. Like it's the dessert equivalent of sushi for me. Like I will never get tired of eating ice cream. So if I could just like, you know, dive into a swimming pool full of ice cream and eat it all up and not gain any weight. Like that would make. Well, there's something already that you can dive into and eat it all up. And not- <laughs> <laughs> it's called Poon Tang Pie, dude. So geez. no need for any fucking magic wand on this one, Randy. That's the fucking food. Oh, up. I mean, Marco, Jordan, you guys got anything better, dude? No, I think you just end, I think you just ended there. We should just end the podcast. Yeah, we'll I it. mean, There's you can eat it all you do. want, and you're not going to gain no weight, dude. <laughs> it already exists. Yeah, it's already there, dude. Like fucking zero calories. Just if you're getting calories, if you're getting calories off of it, you really need to think about what you're doing, dude. Like, <laughs> in fact, if you do it long enough, you can lose some weight. Yeah, True. exactly. <laughs> It's like celery. <laughs> what? Celery is negative. Ce- celery is negative calories, dude. You burn more fucking calories off the digestive process on celery I, than it is. I know you didn't just compare vagina to celery, like I didn't compare it's vagina. Made, it's made can, up predominantly of water. I compare you know? true pie to celery. Yeah, they're both green, right? Next question. Marco's with Oscar the Grouch. When Seth laughed, like right when you asked the question, I knew what he was going to (laughs) say. I mean, the original question wasn't that bad, but then Sheena kept selling it. You know, she was like, "All right, guys, what could you eat that you're not going to gain weight?" You know, like you're going to dive on in. I felt like Sheena was kind of fucking teeing me up there, dude. Yeah, she was. She <laughs> stole the alley oop, dude. Plate, dude. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. One, one word answers. Jordan, what would, what would your food be? No, we're good. Move to the next one. <laughs> <sighs> oh, okay. We'll move on. Matt Carlos gave us a nice compliment. Probably not after this week. But oh, oh, man. <laughs> Keep meaning to mention last week's uh, last week's was a hitter. Even the non wrestling stuff was entertaining and relatable. Well, maybe he will like this week. He, and then he quoted, "Tortilla chips are the foundation of nachos, and nachos are freaking amazing." So he pulled he pulled a quote from the show. The non wrestling stuff. I, I feel like the wrestling stuff brings people in. It's always the non wrestling stuff we get the biggest response on. Though, so. Yeah. So thank you so much, Matt, for that. And thank compliment. all you guys, yeah. everybody that contributes on the listener mail for kind of just sparking the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Some of this stuff, there's no way we could bring it up on our own but you guys yeah. kind of lead us down the path so zach hertzler says you're having breakfast for dinner what is it Here that you're go. having every meal of every day i like the opposite of poontang pie i do like a nice sausage patty <laughs> <laughs> Like a nice, flavorful sausage patty. Um, dude, honestly, man, if we can bring it slightly back on track, dude, my, I, I really like like oh. a, um, like warm ingredients with a cold piece of cheese, dude. So like scrambled oh eggs in a sausage That's patty. That's not any a, better. And a warm biscuit with a cold slice of cheese on it is excellent. That's my perfect breakfast food. So I'm trying to answer I'm trying to answer this as a shoot. <laughs> biscuit with some cheese. Oh my god. Cold cheese. A warm biscuit. With cold cheese. And warm sausage. Warm sausage. <laughs> Maybe a little sauce on it. <laughs> Alright, now I'm not answering. We're good. <laughs> Oh my okay. god. <laughs> this is all gonna get edited. I, my, I, re- I really hope my mom doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> I hope no one she listens. Is- oh. Uh. Oh my my mom is a routine listener of this podcast. Hopefully <laughs> luckily we're we're approaching the two hour and thirty minute mark. Hopefully she oh, tunes out. Just, ed- oh. just edit the last like twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna lie to tape, bro. <laughs> this this episode's going going in raw, dude. No edits <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> no protection. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh Brett Charo says, uh, we talked about this. Uh he we talked about this, but I'll go ahead and uh, read his question. He said, How are you feeling about Bray versus Lashley? Not what I envisioned uh for oh. Bray at Mania this year. Why the hell aren't we running back Bray versus Lashley? Uh, or Brock versus Lashley, um, and actually have them have the banger that they're capable of. Yeah, we touched on this. I I feel like they're just trying to spread as many big names and big people out uh, for yeah. WrestleMania that they can't meet all the meaty <laughs> men. They're gonna spread yeah. them out for WrestleMania. Spreading big to, uh, <laughs> to, spread the meaty men yeah, out <laughs> to uh, to fill the card. So uh, uh, I I just hope Bray goes over, dude. Yes, I, I yeah. hope they do I the hope right he thing. Gets his Bray moment. And Kevin Eugene hits us with the final question. Could you speak in kayfabe for an entire day? Yes. Yeah, I do we, pretty we much keep every day of it, my yeah, life. We keep it kayfabe around yeah. here, 24-7, 365. Oh, boy. And Thanks, everybody, for the listener mail, listener man. Mail. That, was, that was damn near like a, a listener mail exclusive. Yeah, we should, have, we should have done a mailbag episode with that. Oh, yeah. my appreciate God. All the, uh, appreciate it because it, it is super fun just seeing all the crazy oh, uh, stuff you guys come up with. 
Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find us on social media. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. Follow us on uh, all of our Pod Foundation brothers over at Pod Foundation on Instagram. Links to all of our partners and our exclusive Facebook group uh, and community is at chickfoley.com. Reminder, use code Chickfoley to save 10% at Ringside Collectibles and at Extreme Sets. And now it is time. I'm going trying to break my own record, going for number two in a row. Sheena says it's going to be a pretty tough question. And the question, after tonight's discussion, the question is just, it's absolutely perfect. It couldn't be a better question for uh, for tonight's trivia. Oh, so, no. at WrestleMania 2, who ripped some of Slick's clothes off? Fuck. <laughs> uh, I don't know this. Um, this is an educated guess. I'll say Junkyard Dog. Nope. Who At was it? WrestleMania 2, Tito Santana ripped Jeez. some of wow. Slick's clothes off. I have Dang. zero recollection of that. Do you guys have any memory of that? No. I do not. All right, so you're going to be back in the hot seat uh, next week. All right. Uh, thank you guys again for all the listener mail. I appreciate always the support. Sheena, hit us with some closing thoughts for this episode. If you're hungry, poontang pie, breakfast, lunch, and dinner.